This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. How'd you know I was going to say that? Uh, guys, we've been telling you long enough. It's at the Crossroads of Entertainment, Hollywood and Highland. It is the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium. That's ODD, guys. See how clever that is? You can go see many wonderful artifacts that you, the museum goer, are asked to rather believe or not either. Not rather. Can you believe I messed that up or not? Uh, and guess what? Because they're supporting this podcast, you get something too. You can buy one, get one free after 5.30 p.m. and browse all of the auditorium with a friend for the low, low price of $20. It's buy one, get one when you mention Star Trek, the next conversation. If you're in Hollywood and you want something to do that's fun and uh, doesn't cost a lot, head over to the Ripley's Auditorium and tell them Matt and Andy sent you. Buy one, get one. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. My name is Matt. My name's Andy. Uh, we're coming to you uh, straight from our offices here at the Goldberg slash school writing town. That's what we'll call it. And uh, we have to record at lunch because Matt had a migraine last night and couldn't muster. He sure couldn't. It was uh, not great. But I offered to get a cool cloth and come over and put it on his head. Oh, Andy is just, he's good at taking care of things. Yeah. Just not himself. No, definitely not me. <laughs> um, but uh, on our end of things, we're delighted uh, to be back talking about some uh, some classic Trek in my mind, the Hollow Pursuits episode, Andy. Yes. This is one of the few episodes that I had seen a long time ago and I was familiar with. Uh, as a familiar person with it, I'm going to ask you the question. Sorry, guys. That's my Netflix uh, jump in the gun. Uh, I'm going to ask you the question, Andy. Should they watch this episode? Oh, you're going to ask me? Yeah, because you've seen it. Yes. I would say yes. I think it's integral to the uh, philosophy <laughs> of, uh, of, of the holodeck. Sure. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I don't. I can't speak for whether we really get into it later, but it definitely sure. feels like it's the the first time um, we've seen any anyone outside the major characters, and really gets uh -huh. like getting a feel for the dynamics of the enterprise. Yeah, um, outside of the main major characters. So and a yeah, lot of good procedural stuff here, which a lot is of good right up my stuff. alley. A hundred percent, really. Really satisfying. Great episode for me, guys. Yeah. So that's that's my that's my call. Also, Andy and I say watch this episode. Very good. Um, and now that we uh, we have that out of the way, Matt, uh, do you mind uh, if you could just uh, move over into the Admirals Club over here? <laughs> oh, uh, just 
you know, it's funny you say that. For some reason, I don't know what's wrong with the the, uh, the, the hallway stub. here. The doors don't seem to open for me. I don't know if somebody's rigged them as a prank, pranksman, yeah, perhaps. You know, it's, uh, Lieutenant Pranksman has done so much great things, uh, but uh, he he fixed it. So all I have to do, Andy, is just walk right up next to you, uh-huh. and here we go. Ah, there we go. Uh, I'm going to keep it uh, brief today because what? the hail bag is overflowing. Oh wow! Um, I don't. I don't know if we probably are just flag. overflowing it's, with compliments, right? Uh, well, <laughs> a lot of different takes. Um, but uh, our Admirals Club entry today. Oh, Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Well, Andy, it's very simple. All they have to do is uh, leave a five star review on iTunes, and uh, like the song says, you'll join the Admirals Club. Fair enough. And uh, it is Anthony Wiper mm-hmm. who wrote us uh, from the UK. Uh, it's the best of both worlds. Nice. These guys take a sideways look back at the next generation. It's great uh, for all out geeks, casual fans, and Star Trek novices. It's the happy Gilmore of Star Trek podcasts. You don't need to know anything about the material. Just sit back and enjoy an irreverent and enjoyable ride. Thank you, guys. Live long and prosper. Wow, that was very cool of the, him to say that uh, we're the happy Gilmore of Star Trek podcasts, which seems confusing to me. Oh, sorry, I stepped next to that door. I do wonder what he meant. Me too. Um, oh, hey. Uh, whatever the case, whenever you're ready, walking through the doors in the middle of the room. Sorry, I can't hear you. You've got to come back on the other side of that door. No, you could hear what me. Were you saying? What were you saying? I don't know the physics you're describing. I'm just saying we can go. Oh no, I had my ear up to the door. Oh no, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, with the with the tiny glass. It's. Uh, I was trying to listen that way. Was it a Was it a, a melted glass that had uh, oh, no boy. explanation oh, for boy. who a call forward? Impressive. <laughs> He's never done it before. Yeah. He somehow paid attention to this episode. Uh, seemingly more than other episodes, if he's calling forward. Yeah, I'm more. I'm so familiar. I can make jokes about it before we're even talking about it. Welcome to my world, pal. <laughs> <laughs> now I know how it feels to uh, have someone sitting across from you going, "I don't know what you're talking about yet." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okie dokie. So, present next. Circle. Oh, we're out of the Admirals Club? I thought you said it was overflow. Oh, the hail bag is overflowing. Yes. I thought you said That's the Admirals Club. That's why I was keeping Club. it to one. That's why the Admir- I thought the Admirals Club was overflowing. No. Anyway, well, all we have to do, Andy, is just step right through here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we'll be opening the uh, the wonderful world of the President's Circle. Oh, look at it. Oh, the carpeting's even better in here. It's really, it is nice. You ever take your shoes off for the, to feel what the... Not yet. I wonder what the uh, carpets really do feel like as uh, as the seams disappear when the turbo lift arrives. So <laughs> they had they got a seam, remember? So like, I wonder if it does the same thing with the bottom of your foot, like where it's oh, sort of if it just sort of adjusts to, around the foot, it's like a future temp. That's probably what the inside of their boots are like. You know, those Federation mm-hmm. issue boots probably have some pretty sweet future memory foam. All clothes are comfortable in the future. I'd imagine, except for the first and second season uniforms. Although Picard does continue, he does the Picard maneuver, so that would it suggest... It does ride up when he sits, yeah. 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 Anyway, Michael if Watkins... if he wore an undershirt. If he... If, that, if, he, if, if, oh, yeah, if Patrick Stewart wore an undershirt. Well, you know our, someone who can answer that question. That's very true. That's very true. Um, so, you actually know several people can answer That's that true. question. Also true. <laughs> um, so... Uh, uh, our first uh, United Federation of Planets President Circle entry 
Oh, somebody complained about the way I kept saying words other than the word. Uh, what would you say? Not entry, but... So, member, submission... Uh, uh, I gotta get my thesaurus out. The guy was really frustrated about it. Oh, well, I'm sorry, sure, pal. I'm sure he's stopped listening if he's frustrated about that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so... Go anyway. ahead, Andy. What? Who is it? Who are we welcoming in here to this magical buffet? It's Michael Watkins who hey, sent Mike. us two cents. This is the uh, this is the rush. This is the last is this week. The last of, week. This is the last week that they could do it. I mean, theoretically, there could be a cutoff happening until, until uh, one more day. So one more day. Oh, this okay. comes out. This comes out Sunday night. If you listen okay. Sunday night, so Monday, you have until the end of the month, the end of July, to send in all of your paltry. Um, Amounts, which are welcome nonetheless to enter the president's uh, circle. Yes. Um, and Michael Watkins has a very simple message, which is, I'm the president. Very nice. Um, Lee Anderson sent us $1.71. Um, and he, oh, nice. Okay. he or she? What would you guess? Well, they. Why not say they? They. They say, guys, buckle up, because here's the thing. Secunda. <laughs> I'm referring to both of our... Our various catchphrases. Tim- Timothy Cesarano sent us $2.67. Welcome, Timothy. Please enjoy the buffet. And says, here's a penny for every episode you've done, plus uh, $2 for Andy to say, I'm the president, twice. <laughs> oh, I'm the president. There you go. There you go. You got them both. Keep up the great work. Please bring back, oops, I did it again. Really? <laughs> That's <laughs> what you want? You can blame uh, Timothy for <laughs> if it comes back, guys. Uh, and Ryan O'Neill <laughs> sent us... $2.99. I'm really hoping that's the uh, the famous Ryan O'Neill. I don't know what the, the, the spelling is. Something the tells name. me it's probably not. Might not be. I don't know how I got here. I was talking uh, to some weird lady at, the, at 10 <laughs> Forward. After a few too many drinks, I ended up on a shuttle. Somehow found my way here. Anyways, I wish everyone happiness. With arms wide open, Ryan O. Uh, very nice. James. Darmok reference. Suter. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, if you wish me to spell your to say your name correctly, always include the, uh, the phonetic description. Even if I said it on the podcast already. Send us uh, five dollars and he says hey matt and andy hopefully this will get to you guys prior to the cutoff for the patreon it did buddy uh i'm not really in a financial position to make an ongoing donation so this will have to suffice for now but we appreciate it even more than uh i decided to donate a dollar uh for each star i gave you guys on itunes prior to the founding of the admirals club well very nice to get into that admirals club you would got to get through that so that's I'm just delighted. Thank you so much. Anyway, keep up the good work, and I look forward to the day I can support your Patreon. And Live beauty, long and prosper. The beauty of not being able to support the Patreon, Andy, is that this this show keeps chugging exactly like it always has. You know, some people have mentioned wanting a dollar level, although I'm not sure. A one dollar level. F- I guess so that everybody I... can make a donation oh, if they to, like. Just to support just the show? Just to support, Yeah. But I'm not sure. What could we give them that would be worth their dollar? I don't know. All right. Well, we're open to suggestions. Naomi Nixon sent us seventeen dollars and one cent. The classic donation. Sure. Making a dash for the expensive doors before they close. Love (laughs) you both. They'll be open. Thanks for the podcast, Naomi. You're welcome to pop into the Admirals Club uh, and uh, rather the uh, President's uh, Circle Club uh, every so often. You don't have to do a continuing donation. You can donate, listen to the podcasts for that month uh, as a way of saying thanks to us and uh, pop out of there. You don't have to keep it renewing and then you can pop back in. It really is true. Um, 
And uh, the last donation, uh, which is from a lady who I somehow kept skipping her donation, even though I kept oh, making no. notes to myself. Oh, Andy. Um, which is uh, for her and her friend Hubert or Hubbert. I apologize. Um, how, how would you say H-U-B-E-R-T? Hubert. There you go. Uh, um, she sent us $34.02, which is double the $17.01 uh, that most people send in. And uh, she says, from Regina and Hubert, Star Trek, the meta conversation. You guys rock. Uh, live long and prosper. Oh, very sweet. Um, and uh, that's all we got for the president circle, if you want to. Oh, well, Andy, I guess head we'll just all the way to, back out into the corridor. You know, it's not that far of a trip. But the problem is actually just when we have to go through the Admiral's Club. Sure. Uh, but I'm going to just grab this uh, sandwich real quick and then. That's got to be a high-class sandwich uh, in here in the President's Circle. It is a Caprice. Oh. A little mozzarella tomato. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, now that guy's looking at me. Admiral, Admiral's Club. Those doors are so loud. Everyone looks, every, no matter how many times it happens, I mean, they I feel like they're just staring at, at me going like, what are you eating now, tubs? Oh, well, that's They're just, so mean in this club. This that's Admiral's Club. Slide through these doors. Most people actually don't activate these doors because they're no. not big enough. Right. <laughs> is that my problem? Is Maybe. that why the, the front won't slim, open? Yeah, too slim. I find that unlikely. Oh, there we go. Ah. And that was the Admiral's Club. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. The hail bag is open. Um, the first hail is from Susan Hill, who said, entitles her, her message, Jingle, for when Matt and Andy are confused. I actually think Matt... Mm, seems like a great thing to do i wanted something like that recently uh, except it was just directed at me um and uh she says hi andy and then in his parentheses and matt um uh in this week's uh potisode tin man ooh, potisode is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that must be been used a million times there was a point where both of you became confused about the names given to residents of the planets uh matt suggested that everyone probably understood this but the two of you so with that in mind i sang a little tune for when you're both consumed confused over something that is uh probably quite simple and uh this is amazing here it is it made sense to you it made sense to me but it doesn't make sense to matt and andy i like the dissonance on that last note yeah it's like a little bebop scale kind of Puts us all in a state of confusion. Really into it. Humans or Earthlings from uh, Casey Anderson, um, who says, uh, Hi, guys, you were right. You'd get emails about the word human. Humus means soil or dirt, just like earth or terra. I remember a professor explaining that the Latin roots for human and humus are not the same, but there is a pre-Latin root that is shared between humus and homo, as in homo sapien. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, in biblical Hebrew, Adam's name is also connected to Adama, the word for ground or soil. Ooh, I wonder if Adama is... That must be connected to um, uh, Battlestar Galactica's Adama. Sure, sure. Um, and Anders Peterson sent us, sent us a Patreon theme um, for the Patreon bonus podcasts. Uh, but I thought uh, we would uh, give the main crew a taste of this. Uh, our Patreon, uh, by the way, you can uh, go over to www.patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC if uh, you're interested in 
joining any of the tiers, getting some bonus podcasts, getting some uh, eventual uh, discounts on the merch store that, uh, of course, is not up and running because that's us. Um, and here, Is it, though? Is it? Is it us? What do you mean? Don't we have someone that's handling it? Oh, well... <laughs> In fairness, uh-huh. I'm just saying she's keeping our inimitable style. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, here is the uh, here is the Patreon theme song. Your Patreon theme song. Now come on, it shows that you love the show. That is the Ooh, I didn't Sweet Home Chicago. The, the cheering at the end. This is a bad version of it, but this is the original Sweet oh. Home Chicago. Hang on. Sings this one, Robert Johnson. Ah, oh, the great Robert Johnson. Yeah, back to that land of something, something. Sweet Home Chicago. Anyway, that was a lovely song and uh, appealing to my uh, love of blues. Thank you so much, everybody. Do you love the blues? I do. I love the blues too. Oh, I nice. guess it's appropriate for us. We do. We have it so often. <laughs> sure. Might, we as, might well as well have it. a theme song to it. Um, and now we have a, a couple of prime correctives. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Time for a retrospective. Cause truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective because Matt and he got it wrong. Um, the first one is uh, entitled Klingons from Gareth King. Are from Quonos? Kronos. Well, there's no crow. It's with a Q, Q but it's pronounced. Oh, Kronos in English. He has it right there. Um, I don't think there's a specific name species convention for the galaxy. Have a good week. Um, <laughs> All right, I'll take it. He said, but last week we referred to it as Klingon um, instead of Kronos. But it's always referred to as the Klingon homeworld of Kronos. In fairness, uh, of Kronos. He's oh, correct. Fair He's enough. correct. Um, and then uh, Gilbert Kennan, who uh, frequently writes us. Uh, wrote us medical confidentiality. Medical confidentiality is a complicated thing. I'm trying to remember what this is in reference to. I think it was my complaint. Oh, it was regarding uh, Tin Man. Uh, Troy revealing to Picard that he was a patient of hers at the university in Beta Z. Right, but doesn't she also talk to him about? Oh, I guess she. He's yeah, not but her she reveals then. it. She reveals it to the bridge crew out of nowhere. Where she's clearly allowed to go anyway, but she still drops that information just Medi- so we can have a. Nice act break. Right. <laughs> Medical confidentiality is a complicated thing, particularly in the military. It might be inappropriate to tell people at a party who your patients are, but it would be a dereliction of duty for Troy to not inform Picard that she has a doctor-patient relationship given the circumstances. Interesting. In the American military, a commanding officer can request protected medical information pertinent to the situation, and doctors are expected to weigh circumstances with the help of guidelines just enough to avoid endangering ship crew and mission tam is clearly a potential liability yeah. uh, throughout this episode and troy's insights seem to reasonably walk this line great explanation i will take it um 
And uh, now, Matt, if you want to uh, warm up your, your face group. Already in it, buddy. Oh, wonderful. Uh, here is a, uh, I think we got a new face face groups theme, but maybe I'm imagining that. Um, all right, well, here's the, oh, wait, maybe it's at the bottom. There it is. Uh, from Nick Cummings, we got uh, a new, uh, just almost just as weird <laughs> as the other face group theme. Theme song. Drop the the. Just Facebook. Then drop the book. And add group. Just Facebook. It's cleaner. Shit. (laughs) That was... I loved it. Uh, so, guys, our Facebook group, of course, is Star Trek The Next Conversation, the face group. Uh, you can find it on Facebook. It's a closed group. Please uh, join it. A lot of activities in there, including uh, me popping in quite a bit. Andy will pop by occasionally, and we will do some live uh, videos in there, uh, usually while we're recording. But since I'm at work today, and I don't know if the Wi-Fi can handle such a thing, we are, in fact, going to talk about some of the things that have been going on in the face group. And okay. the first thing I want to talk about right now is Brad Arrington's post from 53 minutes ago, Andy. Yeah. He has made a podcast flow chart that Brad explains Arrington. how our podcast is supposed to work. He is the greatest keeper of so, all organization. He, he, he crunches the numbers on MVCs. He's clearly got... A superior brain that is being well. It's built for organization. And ours are built to our chaos. inferior podcast. We are chaoticians here. We, we are, are. chaoticians. Does it's, that exist? It's from and those chaos theory. It's from Michael Crichton. Oh, is it from yeah, from a, uh, Jurassic Park? Jeff Goldblum's a chaotician. Um, but he has written down each segment, and it's been it's fascinating. Uh, telling us how often to do it. I would suggest everyone go download this PDF uh, because how often? Uh, rather not how often. Uh, how often it has changed over time this the fact that this, this is a history of it well yeah because there's a few things in here like when i used to play the captain's log for the next episode oh, that yeah. i completely forgot about it it's true uh there's it's funny there's sound effects clips and gaffs bobble playing the sound effects or clips from the show somewhere during the podcast andy or matt a sound cue of oops i did it again the original or the listener created when matt or andy screw up Number two, Matt yawns. Sound cue. Slad clarinet sound. That's Andy. Matt's standard defense. Matt defends some odd thing in the episode using historical Trek context or makes something up. Sound cue. Matt's standard defense. Matt explains something bizarre in the episode, so it makes sense. It didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. That's just one section. That, that is from section 9E of this flow chart. This guy could be curing cancer if he was working on something sensible. No, but Brad Arrington, you've done something remarkable in that I have completely forgotten all about these things. Brad Arrington, also responsible so far for the the chart of MVCs all time. Oh, all time. Uh, Our series total of MVCs. So far, Tasha Yar not having an MVC. I would say the season... The, the the surprise on this chart is Catherine Pulaski, who is four point three. What did she MVC get it points. in yesterday's Enterprise? Who are we giving it to in that one? Tasha didn't get it in yesterday's Enterprise because she didn't do anything. Well, she she sacrificed herself, and I guess she was going to die anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Well, we can go back and talk about that. Logic. Sorry, Tasha. 
Chop uh, luck, Tasha. Other things you could go see. Mike Mann has photoshopped an amazing uh, Andy head onto Barkley's body when he's sadly in the holodeck, and people are asking for a caption contest. <laughs> there seems virtually so far no my, difference between so the, far, bo- the two bodies. So far, my favorite is computer place a level five seal on the door and activate sonic protocols. Run program Andy XXX1. <laughs> Joe Metzger with that comment. Uh, and that's the face group for today, guys. We will pop in. Uh, wait, on the wait. Next I have a thing. Oh, Don't I'm rush sorry. Rushity rush. That's my side of the face group. I have one uh, one face group thing, which is from Reese Badman, uh, who, uh, who 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 admirably survived the recent controversy, and uh, and it seems like this was a collaborative work with many of our our um, our, our favorite lieutenants on board. Uh, and he says, long story short, the norm from Cheers slash mourn from DS9 discussion during Tin Man led to a great comment thread in the face group. Uh, three of us fans who have never met in person but are now friends because the podcast ended up collaborating on this. Uh, here you go. Vocals by Reese Badman. Um, lyrics by Aaron Crothers. Produced by Mike Mann. We proudly present uh, oh Quark's theme. And here it is. I think this... This is clearly Matthew Myra meant for you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Making your way in quadrant A (laughs) takes everything you've got. (laughs) Taking a break from all your wormholes to drink with Gull Dukat. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name (laughs) And the Klingons have bad aim It's true You want to be where you can see The founders all look the same (laughs) You want to be where everybody knows your name You want to go where people know How to cheat that Uh double game you want to go where everybody knows your name. Quarks is filmed before a live studio audience. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and really, I got to tell you. The only I thing that would have made that, first of all, great job. Thousand times better than anything I would have done. Here's my pitch for that, the button on that. Yeah. You, uh, you can double your own voice or get a group of people to yell uh, mourn at the end. Oh, nice. Morn. Nice. Maybe after the studio audience yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, hey, Morn. How's it going, Morn? Uh, and then I don't know. Morn would say Sam, nothing. Sam, so you say very clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, so many references in that I don't get. I got to tell you, Matt. Yeah. I don't know what happened. You didn't watch Cheers? Oh, well, that I loved. Uh, but I was so anti DS9. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I watched the pilot. I was out. I was like, nope, there's a parking lot in space. Oh, Matt's getting an important call. That's from, that's from Adam's office. He's probably calling the uh, writers. Um, but I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm, the more I hear about it, I'm so excited for us to get into DS9 in nine yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, I personally think that there's a little bit of a, it's a slow start, but it, when it gets going, it, it's firing better. I'm even excited to get back. Now that we're in the good episodes of Star Trek, I'm even excited to get back into the bad bad DS9 episodes. <laughs> anyway, folks, if, uh, if you want to uh, send oh, us a voice hail. Before we do um, the voice hail. Yes. Uh, I just I'm wanna, just closing it out. Oh, so great. Before we close the hails, because we're in the Facebook group, I just want a, a public apology for leaving all of the rich little stuff in the last episode. I did mean to cut 
at least some of that down because it was a lot of Googling and a lot of uh, discussion of Andy and I discussing Rich Little, which honestly I just felt was like so out of context. And it was so much searching. That's what That was the problem. If I had a clip queued was up ready there, to go. People were saying they don't remember the context, but I believe there was a... I listened to it again. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I know. Because I felt like, oh man, was this awful? Because I had the same feeling you had, oh, which God. is, oh my God, Horrif- why are we horrified. continuing on this? Horrified. Um, but the, the face group seemed largely very supportive yeah of it, i think I they say. understand what they get out of this podcast but if right. i want to apologize for missing something i wanted to get rid of then quite i think f- that's, that's fine fair enough and as i've said to someone in the podcast group said now i can't lie and say that i don't edit the podcast and then i replied you know i don't edit much out of the episodes we've done i've probably cut three things out ever if you guys feel like you want to catch us on cutting too much out of this podcast <laughs> cutting it down keeping it too tight you, you feel free to let those accusations Look, this fly. podcast this podcast is so long that we cannot even record it during lunch we yeah. have to do at least two lunch breaks yes um so if you would like to send us your uh, your complaints or flattery uh, you can call us send a voicemail at 816 trek tnc what about john flaherty could we could they send him I don't know. Never mind. Should I know who that is? Uh, isn't he? Uh, is, uh, okay, this is gonna. This is turning into a. Uh, He's taking a digression already. Turn into a rich little for real. John Flaherty is a uh, baseball broadcaster. Oh, of course, I wouldn't know this guy. Uh, um, yeah. Anyhow. Um, and he's welcome on the podcast. Uh, our Instagram and our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. Um, my co-host is at Matt Myra. I my Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda, and uh, our PayPal or direct no, hails. No, we're done with the PayPal. we're done with the PayPal. Okay, so then forget about it's all. Just go to Patreon if you want to support the show. Just head over okay. there. If we're you gonna wanna, have to figure out. Only the, do it for one month. And I know. I just don't want to force the five dollar donation on people if they don't want to. Whatever. You know what? Keep it to yourself. If you whatever, we'll figure it out. Well, and here's he, the deal. Why don't you save up a dollar each time you think of donating so to us? That's so smart. And then when you Matt, get it together, get, just give us the, five bucks. Do the five dollar thing uh, for a month and 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 listen to those bonus pods. There you go. This is this is going to work out great for everybody. Um, anyway, but uh, you can send us direct tales, mm-hmm. uh, aka emails, to sttncpod at gmail uh, dot com. And uh, Matthew, those are our hails. Okay, frequencies closed, sir. Oh boy. Matt, I gotta say, record speed on that. That I that was I pitched a perfect hail game there. You gotta give it up for me on that one, <laughs> bro. Not a single mistake, bro. Yeah, great job. Thank you. Uh, I, you know, credit where credits due. Andy came in out of the bullpen, looking like uh, he didn't have anything left in the tank, and he just <laughs> came in and just started throwing strikes. <laughs> I mean, uh, even Brad Arrington has got to be impressed in that. Yeah, even. Brad, write that down. Check the list. Yeah, check the check the days that Andy's kind of pitched a perfect hail game. It's never happened. <laughs> it's never happened. <laughs> uh, um, so it's uh, I we did not because both Matt and I's brains have been exploding. I did not tell him in advance that the. Uh, the song mm-hmm. is Nothing Compares to You Again. Oh, back to uh, Sinead. Uh-huh. All right, let me just, I think we all know what that sounds like, but for fun, I'm going to look it up here on the computer, and then I'm going to tell you all that the episode we're talking about today is, of course, let me just turn this down a little bit. There we go. Hollow Pursuits, which aired the week of April 30th, 1990. Andy, what the hell was going on back then? 
Well, radio, radios were tuned to uh, the Celtic goddesses. Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You. Uh, while UK audiences preferred Killer by Adam Adamski. Do you know that? No. Hmm, wonder what that is. The Broken Chord by Michael Doris was a bestseller. And Pretty Woman overtook Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Finally. To take the box office crown for the week. Jeopardy host Alex Trebek was married to Jean Caravan. The two remain married today despite their 26-year age difference. <laughs> what a strange detail. Yeah, that is a fun, strange <laughs> Matthew detail. Matthew Kirk is sending us. Matthew Kirk, thank you for that detail. I like it. Uh, space Shuttle Discovery returned from its week-long deployment of the Hubble Space Telescope. Oh, the disco. It was the orbiter's 10th overall mission. Time Magazine's cover was Vietnam. 15 years later, in America, the pain endures. In Cambodia, the killing continues. Wow. That's it. Real downbeat. Yeah, sorry. To end that on there, man. You Matthew know what? Kirk. That's life. You know what? That Matthew was what Kirk, Why don't you end it on the Trebek note? That's a fun story. That's what life was like 28 years ago. What are you going to do? Uh, well, life now is violins and Sinead. So pretty. Oh, yeah. Anyway, guys. I gotta get back to Ireland. I wonder how many fans did that? Did you see that map and face group they were making of all of our fans across the world? Uh, I, I did. Maybe, maybe I did. all I of did. is I an did. extreme thing to say. But oh, all the fans the that fans. are on Face Group. Yeah. Yes. Uh, who are our most important fans next My, to the Patreon fans. Sorry, Face Group. To a, uh, to a, to a, a casual eye, it seemed like there were very few places where there were enough people to justify a live show in any one place. Oh, no, I can tell you the actual numbers. What? How much do you need in one place to do a... I mean, to really do a show, you'd need 300 people to say they were going to buy... To make it cost-effective for our travel, the production of like having to then hire the screen. Because when you go to a venue and you have to do a screen, you then have to do a union thing, and then it's the house rules. So oh, you Jesus. pay X amount more for a screen... And it just it turns into uh, it turns into a nightmare financially for the person going to do the show unless you can get X amount of people involved in buying tickets to said show. Holy crud! Uh, it's a lot. Tour. I don't know. Well, you, I guess when you're around, running around improvising, you don't need a screen. No, I'm not yeah. even paid for my show. So well, that works too. No. Uh, the. Um, not even what, paid, what, what guys. I'm doing all those make ups I'm not even. I have never gotten paid a cent. Well, we're doing all these make ups <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm actually getting paid now more by Patreon than I have been paid in all of my decades of improv. Oh, just wait. They'll all cancel. That's true. Uh, so, Andy, your question was: How many I do people panic. do you need? Every once in a while, the look, number it's going to. I mean, look. It's every once in a while, the number goes down, and I go, "That's it. It's over." Nobody likes us anymore. <laughs> uh, I feel that feeling all the time, yeah. and I don't, you know, disagree with that. Look, yeah. I want to say we have the highest. We have twenty three point six percent of international downloads. So that's wow, impressive, that's, right? That really is. Impressive. So here's the deal. I can tell you right now, we could probably do a live show in San Francisco. I love San Francisco. New York, Seattle, Chicago, DC, and Los Angeles. What? That's uh, that's great. What do we need more than that? Uh, I'm really screaming a lot today because we would have to uh, the flying there. You know, we don't have a ton of time to actually crank out a live show. We'd have to do it like on a Saturday. Yeah. Hope that the planes get there on time because we work. You know, it's a lot. Maybe it's something we can explore when when hiatus hits. Uh, and I also just wanted to thank everybody for making this month our most downloaded month yet. 
Really? July, everybody. So oh. far, we haven't even put out the, the the next episode yet. So thank you all for finding us and telling people about us or uh, however they're finding us. It's been uh, it's fantastic to uh, so be talking about Star Trek uh, out loud and for some people to be listening. Wow. So here's the deal with this one, Andy. It's Stardate 43807.4, directed by Cliff Bull and written by Sally Caves, who therefore owns Reginald Barkley character payments nice good job way to crush it sally you did it sally uh at at the star trek vegas con i'm gonna see how many if there are any writers around Uh and uh, i'm just gonna corner them and start asking them all kinds of questions oh my god that's gonna be great uh yeah uh, is uh is Secunda going? <laughs> Secunda going? <laughs> uh, I don't. You know. I guess the, I will say this. I don't if know. I don't go, if I'm not invited, I guess that that's appropriate for the podcast. So, <laughs> well, you're not. You've, the only person I'm who's the going junior to be, ranking. The only person who's going to be inviting you is me. And right. if I'm going, you're invited. All right. Well, just tell me if I need to get a hotel room before they're all booked up. It's Las Vegas, the most hotel rooms on the planet, in a fucking August. This is me being a nerd bully, and I'm. Gonna stop? No, myself. no, that's not being a nerd. I'm bully. so sorry. You're telling me about Vegas. No, that's. <laughs> it, uh, let me try. Let me try this tone. I'm gonna. I'm trying to work on myself. I've been meditating. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to work on myself as a person. Sure. So, Andy, fun thing about Vegas in the dead of summer. Yeah. The hotel rooms are super cheap and plentiful. So the the convention itself is happening at the Rio, uh, but there's plenty of other hotels around there. I'm not going to be staying um, at the Rio. Matt. Uh, aren't we uh, getting adjoining rooms? I don't know what's going on. Here. <laughs> Strange because it's my birthday weekend and my wife would be coming. <laughs> oh, speaking of your wife and you being a nerd bully, I uh, listened oh, to the delightful uh, Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, uh-huh. which uh, honestly I had not heard that many of. Not not a not a uh, boy. Not, someone was not a real connoisseur of uh, Matt Myers' other material, um, but uh, uh, I was I was thinking about all the nerd bully stuff, and I was like. Oh, he's exactly the same with Dory as he is with me. It's just Dory can handle it a million times better. Like I'm much more oh, thin-skinned like than Dory. Snap. Well, like you, you, you go into the. Also, I think you have a little bit of an edge. Like there's a there's a part of your brain that at the end of the day is like, oh wait a minute, this is my wife. <laughs> I can't. I can't get away with this. Oh, it depends. Gonna, I mean, we've left. Me. A, we've left a lot of arguments in. I mean, it's real. It's a very real podcast, like uh, the one I do with my wife. If you've never listened and you're super bored and out of somehow out of hours of this show, go ahead and tune in. He's got a million. You'll never run out of Matt Myra content. Okay, Andy. We're recording in a new location because of time constraints. Now we're back at the house. So. As we were saying, Hollow Pursuits, directed by Cliff Bowl, written by Sally Caves, and here is Larry Nemechek's uh, description summary. Plot summary? Sure. From Larry Nemechek's Star Trek The Next Generation Companion Guide Revised Mission Edition. Briefing? Maybe. <laughs> Jordy experiences problems with one of his engineers, Reg Barkley, nicknamed Broccoli. By the crew, a nervous shy officer who retreats to the holodeck when he can't handle real life. After Barkley botches an anti-grav repair diagnosis, Picard urges Geordi to find the man's strengths and bring him out. What the chief engineer finds is a host of holodeck fantasy programs ranging from the seduction of Deanna Troy to the casting of LaForge, Data, and Picard as the Three Musketeers, who are no match for Barkley's swordplay. Meanwhile, during a routine transport, medical samples... Uh, of medical samples, the system power 
power problems plague systems such as the transporter and spell? the warp drive. Hey, I'm working through a migraine, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. He has a splitting <laughs> migraine. He's working under duress. Uh, do you want me to read it? No, I got it. Suddenly, apparently, I do not have it well enough for Andy not to snipe. You're turning into such a mat right now. <laughs> um, what was I saying? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. The injectors, it's freeze. about a dude who's got an antisocial <laughs> issue and then he hides in the holodeck. Uh, the end. The injectors freeze. Uh, the engines uh, start going full bore. The Enterprise is going to fly apart until uh, Meek Barkley realizes the problem. It stems from a little used substance leaked from medical sample containers and then spread by the crew members to the affected systems. That known, LaForge is able to unstick the injectors and save. The world. Uh, that's not really what it is. Anyway, uh, Barkley gets uh, confidence, and uh, he says goodbye to his holodeck programs, except for number nine. Andy, what do you think's in Reg- Reginald Barkley holodeck program nine? I would have to assume that was the Troy one. Oh. The way he gives the wry smile at the end. It must be, right? I don't know. I thought it was maybe some other weirder, darker one that we never saw. <laughs> that would be amazing. You know what I mean? If it was, if it was totally perverse and upsetting, just and he's like just like, but he's still hot... like practically winking at the camera. <laughs> like, <laughs> what if that one is like um, some hot Jordy uh, on machine action? Sure. What if that one is all of Andy's theories? <sighs> That'd be great. He was winking at me. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Oh, so here we go. Let's hear the first of the misleading moments here in the... I don't want any trouble here, Barkley. Trouble? Why would there be trouble? Because wherever you go, trouble follows. Lieutenant Barkley, you're on duty. Mm. Is that a fact? It is, and you'll observe it. So get back to your post. Look, pal, why don't you do me a favor? Take yourself and your holier-than-thou attitude. Get out of my life. I I feel like uh, LeVar tries to do as many of his own stunts as possible. (laughs) Do you think this is his own stunt? Honestly, he loves the role under the the door of the engineering, you know, while things are going down. He loves the... Loves to tuck and roll, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean this. This seems to some, be him, right? The, it seems like it is. There's just definitely, although maybe maybe it's easier to buy because of the uh, the visor. There's definitely a terrible uh, Barkley double later in the episode. <laughs> I is that him? I want to know. Lavar, did you? Whose stunts did you do? Attitude. Get out of my life. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's yeah, totally a hundred percent. That is it himself. That you could argue, you know, st- fallback stunts uh, comparatively, and all the other people we've seen fallback that are definitely being doubled. That is a that's not the least dangerous stunt. I think that this stands to reason with my own personal theory. Uh-huh. Lavar Burton is in the stuntman union. LeVar Burton is the TNG era Steve McQueen doing his own stunts. LeVar Burton is Space's Jackie Chan. This is amazing. (laughs) They should end every episode with all of his stunts gone wrong and him laughing and just like in a Jackie Chan film. Uh, I like the way that he handles Riker here. Mm -hmm. Here's to insubordination. Riker. You're nothing but a pretty mannequin in a fancy uniform. You're full of hot air. 
Picard has a problem with me. You tell him to come and talk to me himself. Um, why not make him captain? You know, in his own fantasy. That's a, a very interesting point. Did you, have you you've seen the Dark Mirror Star Trek episode? Uh, no. Oh, we should definitely do that for a bonus podcast. Isn't that called Black Mirror? Should I say? What did I say? Dark Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like to make up my own names for shows. It's no, a, no. It's a charming habit. What's that, that I have? show, Andy? Tell me about what you. Think. Well, Dark Mirror <laughs> is just about a, a mirror that's not entirely black, sure, but it's sure, sure. it's just you know hard to see yourself in it. And um, anyway, um, we should definitely watch that. And this failing on a premise. <laughs> Did you really want to play that one out? You felt just like there was you, a lot of your, fuel left your, in the tank. Your description of what this other like it's not. I just want to know what your because yeah. Black Mirror is already a parody of or not a parody already a takeoff of the Twilight Zone, right? Right. So I wanted your third removed version. <laughs> Give me an example, like a. You know, the instead of learning any actual valuable lessons about humanity. Oh, you wanted me to. You know play what I mean? Out I wanted to like play out what. It's not a right. Andy. In there's fairness, no need to discuss this. I'm. Uh, I'm in try- fact, I'm trying to get to see Ant Man and the Wasp. So there's, there's. I have two things that work in my head, and I'm. You know what? I'm going to commit to this podcast, and I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to assume I'm going to miss that movie. Well, he's already plowing through this, but I've told him we can pause and yet resume on a third session. That's true. Okay. Um, so uh, I would like uh, you don't to have see... to do it now. No, no, let's do it. No, this is gonna be this is gonna be amazing, <laughs> Matt. This might be Bailing rich little part premise. two. This might be rich little part two. <laughs> what a dick! <laughs> this is not how Dory would give handle me it. an improv note. You know what? Dory and I are different people. Dory can handle you better. <laughs> I'm the same. That's the problem. I'm the same. I think you're slightly nicer to Dory. Uh, but you are very much well, the same. In I return, would agree with she's that. nicer to me. I don't know if that's true. I think if you listen to the podcast, I think she she's uh, not as nice. She stands up to you. As uh, she should. As, much, as you should. Much more appropriately. Well, not appropriately. Much more effectively than I do. <laughs> I think you just don't take it from me. Nope. I don't take anything from anyone, especially in the holodeck, computer, and program. <laughs> and then, <laughs> all right. And then now, uh, real Andy. Oh, hey, hey, real Andy. Hey, what's going on in here, man? Oh, I was just doing a podcast with the... Never mind. It's not important what I was doing in here, but let's just say... Are you doing another fake podcast with me? Yeah, but that Andy takes my guff. Huh. <laughs> well, sad world. Not going to listen to you. That would be a sad world. <laughs> but I just I just need to record the podcast with fake Andy. <laughs> I make Andy shorter than me. If this was the podcast you were choosing to fictionalize, that would be sad for all concerned. This was your dream podcast. The guy's always late. He never Oops. Stepper just slides by. I'm telling you, I can't deal with it anymore. I mean, how does a guy like that make it through the academy? I think it's time we spoke to the captain about broccoli. That's what Wesley calls it. You keep that to yourself. It fits. Commander, a broken seal. Well, you better destroy it. Those samples will be tainted. Um. Now let's remember. Yes, Riker just said, "Keep it to yourself." This whole broccoli thing, right? And it's almost the next sentence out of Jordy's mouth. The next time he goes to see someone else, a hundred percent. And insanity. then it's in that scene that he's like, "You know what? This is mean." Yes, us bad mouth. I this love clearly socially broken individual. Now, if this isn't the Andy Secunda yeah. of the Enterprise. 
I don't know what is. I definitely agree. There's there are many many similarities. <laughs> One thing that I was noting though halfway through though is I think that Barkley is far more uh, likable than I am because he's clearly a uh, a person who's constantly nervous and broken. Whereas I think uh, I generally come off as obnoxious and um, an aggro to people. Maybe we can all learn something from Barkley. So you're saying I should come off as more timid and uh, yeah, and uh, and and nervous. You know what I think? Give it a whirl tonight at Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> hey, is it a problem for you to report to duty on time, Lieutenant? This no. is this is like Matt no, when sir. I'm late. I'm I'm very very sorry, sir. It's just that I had a a very important communique which required my immediate response. I don't want to hear it. Now, I love Riker back here, just like just 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 mad dogging them. They they are dicks in this episode, like you have never seen them be dicks. I'm tired of seeing your name on report. I don't know what you got away with at your last posting, but this is the Enterprise. We set a different standard here. Just piling on the poor schmo. Understood, sir. (laughs) I love the look back too. It's like, I'm going to look back at this motherfucker. I, uh, uh, I got to say, I don't... It's very interesting. I, I, think, I find this episode fascinating in terms of how they sort of reveal and dissect the, the off-screen lives of the people that are not the main characters on the Enterprise. And I got to feel... Like, it feels like many uh, social, you know, a.k.a. high schoolish kind of situations and or office situations where the, they're the people at the top of the pyramid. And if you're below the top of the pyramid, then you feel like you're you don't have a voice like you're you're not the important people there. Yeah, it's the hierarchy of the starship. But, but it's also it's funny because they present the main characters in every other situation as though they're always welcoming and open and 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 people that wouldn't look down on anyone else and they're totally not only just looking down they they ostracize this guy for what for being nervous for being a little inco- all right the incompetent thing I could see a little bit more if you're you're depending on somebody you shouldn't in a be late situation. to a meeting with the Enterprise you shouldn't be late to a duty shift uh huh that Jordy doesn't stand for that. I mean, I get it. The simplest thing to do in life is show up on time. Uh-huh. Everything after Here that. Here we go. As you can see, the subtext of this, this conversation. Is not, <laughs> this is not directed at anyone. Honest to God, not directed Barkley at anyone. Barkley is an artist, okay? <laughs> it's not directed at anyone. <laughs> I don't know. And I thought we could, you know, dance around it. Oh, and sure. Not- Andy. You've been waiting for this episode for 63 episodes. <laughs> Andy. It's 64. All I'm saying is uh, the least he can do is show up on time, but he doesn't even do that. So he has, has to apparently be on these reports that Riker always sees. And then they bring the reports to the principal. Principal, principal Picard over here uh-huh. is now reading the reports on his uh, on his laptop. <laughs> and is one of his many pads. seeing an unsatisfactory rating on a member of my crew. Oh, no, it is his laptop. I guess the question is whether Mr. Barkley is enterprise material. And I assume by your request for his transfer that you think he's not, Commander. Well, I hate to say it, but... I always thought I could work with anybody. But I just don't understand this guy. Broccoli makes me nervous, Captain. He makes everybody nervous. Broccoli. Young Mr. Crusher started that. I guess it's caught on. I mean, not only does he just say it immediately, but he says it to the captain. He really sure, does. He's not a cool bro. He's not a cool bro. And then, I think he says I'm it here. Caught, shall we? 
put that on a short cord? Is that what he says? Oh, so he, that, he then, then he tells them no more of that. Yep. And, and Jordy brings it up again in a future scene. <laughs> yeah. Speaking quite highly of him before his transfer. In retrospect, I wonder if Captain Gleason wasn't buttering our bread a little. He knew that we needed a diagnostic engineer. I've examined Barclay's psychological profile. He has a history of seclusive tendencies. There's a line cut there. He was noted at the Academy more than once. And yet he chose this way of life. He had made the same commitment to Starfleet that we all have. It seems like Captain Picard is the only one behaving in character. Is it's very well, interesting. It's he's definitely in he's definitely behaving in the most humane fashion towards towards Barclay. But it is also interesting that they're all acting a little bit more like a Captain Picard in this episode, and they're being very stern and disciplined and intolerant of, you know, I don't know if it's insubordination, but uh, incompetence. Well, I mean, it's the Enterprise. It's the finest of the fine. It's the, I know, but it's interesting it's that he's... the best post in the Federation. That he's being the lenient one, and they're being the dicks. However, let me just say this. One thing that's fascinating to me is... Um, was it Secunda? Oh, don't be a Barkley. What was it? I don't remember. I'll circle back to it. You think it's the flow regulators? Maybe it's the flow regulators. That or the deuterium tanks. That wouldn't cause a blah, blah, blah in the anti-grav. <laughs> um, did you see the YouTube quiz? Of, uh, the quiz of me being asked questions that were sent in by Holly Amos on uh, Nerd Alert. Oh, no. How'd you do? Oh, disastrously. <laughs> The direct answer this nerd question challenge oh my god very difficult it was one of the craziest uh series of questions i've ever seen anyone get asked i got one right and it was what what is dixon hill order Ooh, do i know that answer i don't what is the order uh scotch neat that sounds reasonable but that was the only one i knew but like they, they were like one of the questions was uh what is the Klingon word for love? I was like, uh, Rafna. I don't know. Maybe. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't even mean? remember at this point still. I have no idea. Uh, what was the, what was the, uh, what was the room number of Garrick, uh, Garrick's tailor shop on the Deep Space Nine promenade? No, I didn't. It was like, it. I'm like, I don't <laughs> Yeah. It was, they you were just the remember the tech ever. stuff. That's what I was saying on yeah, the thing. I was like, you just ask me where, you know, engineering is or like i mean that i can do right but it was it was just a series of things that i just was like oh my god i look like the worst star trek fan on the planet i don't know it was hard i don't know obviously i'm speaking to my preferences and experience but i feel like it's uh the important thing is the grasp on the the conceptual side of it yeah maybe but i look or, or I, I even agree that if you're deep into the technology and the way things work, that also feels like that's germane. If you're just thinking about it was, uh, you know, well, what, what were the numbers? What were the, what were the, uh, what, why was it? I don't know. She has a photograph of every, and she helped the Akudas apparently with the. Uh, Who does? Holly did help the Akudas with the new diction, the new Star Trek encyclopedia. Does she have a photographic memory? She oh, does, yeah. I wish I had a photographic memory. I'd rule the world. You know, it's funny as I, I do, sort of. In Game of Thrones, somebody says to uh, to Hoder, I think, uh, if I had a body, because he's a giant, yeah, yeah. if I had a body like yours, I'd be king of the fucking world. Sorry for the cursing. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I feel that way about photographic memory. <laughs> I feel like that's the main, Honestly, one of the main things holding me back. Can I have the power of flight? That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I don't think you'd be king of the world, though. They would just grab you and do science on you. Oh, no. <laughs> but I can fly away. <laughs> nope. Transferred a problem. You remembered your thing. What was it? Oh, my thing was... Um, I really like because I think it's the number one question of this episode. Why is how is Barkley on the on the Enterprise? How is he in Starfleet? And I don't know that it's full. The second part of it is fully answered, mm-hmm. but I love that the answer to how is he on the Enterprise is the other the other captain screwed you screwed the Enterprise, and they basically a la Larry David foisted this guy. No, he's great. Oh, this guy's the best. Get him on the Enterprise is hilarious. <laughs> it happens all the time in life. The, the Starfleet, they don't, they're all these high morals, and they're like, yeah, but we're not sticking with this guy. He is a train wreck. Hey, we're still humans. <laughs> yeah. Captain, it's not like I haven't tried. Try harder, Geordi. He's a member of your team. Try to find some way to help him to make a positive contribution. Get to know the man better. Make him your best friend. With all due respects, are my best friend. I can barely tolerate being in the same room with a man. Now I suggest you put your personal discomfort on one side. He's still wringing his hands. Dismissed. Now let me ask yes. you this. First of all, let me say this. Mm-hmm. Um, masterful, both comedic and I mean, obviously it's Patrick Stewart. Masterful comedic performance by him in this episode because it's all built, in my opinion, on an arc to the later scene where he finally faces Barkley. And even in this scene, he's perfectly setting it up. He's being reasonable and a little bit even moralizing about, you know, you got to treat this guy like a human being. You have to whatever. And just like, it's just, mwah, just perfect. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is, uh, what's going on with Jordy? Like, what? Is, Bar- okay, Barkley's incompetent, but I feel like most of... Jordy's issues are that he's nervous and he makes Jordy uncomfortable, well, but to the point where Jordy's stance on him is, I can barely be in the, be in the same room with the guy. That's how much I hate this well, guy. You gotta heighten it for the story, but I do think it's a nice touch that Jordy's like, I'm not gonna tell everyone what happened in there. Listen, I fell in love on a holiday. You know what I mean? Like I like uh-huh. I liked that. Um, oh, that was great aspect of yes. the. Uh, also, why does that get a write-off? That's just as weird as anything Barkley's doing. He fell in love with the Enterprise. Why is nobody calling him out on that? By the way, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Barkley, of course, uh, played by uh, Dwight Schultz mm-hmm. um, from uh, the 18, uh, most famously. Mm-hmm. Freddie the drug dealer and Batman under the red hood. <laughs> oh, I, under the red hood was eh. not a fan. It wasn't its best one. It wasn't its best. Hey, do you want to do? Uh, oh, that was the Jason Todd one, right? Mm, the animated movie. I thought that was the the Joker one. Right, right. I could be wrong. No, I think you're right. In fact, they'll tell us. Continue. What were you going to say? Um, I don't know. I was just going to list off a bunch of his credits, but I don't he's a he's right. a big voiceover guy now. Very much so. Um, ben Ten, <laughs> famous Ben Ten, um, Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust. That must have been a sequel. Uh, of course, all the Voyagers. Johnny oh. Bravo. 
I love all the Voyagers. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the... By the way, I always loved that they worked in... They did not commit. <laughs> sure, yeah, they were not. They were not corrupt, Today, still hired mercenaries. Soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. One of the greatest pre-theme song voiceovers and theme songs of all time. No question. If anybody wants to cut together a thing of me and Matt doing this, feel free. No pressure. <laughs> How would we? I don't know. Whatever stupid thing we're doing. <laughs> we're happy to shoot stuff See for that? You. A Cylon just walked by. I know. He was in Battlestar Galactica. And it's a reference. See? Points, too. Yeah. He knows it. He's like, in another life, I was that. Okay. I was Starbucks. I love the uh, just, is. just driving guitar. Roy Schultz has a lot of range. I think uh, the uh, the guy that played Mad Dog in the A-Team movie, I thought, was fucking great. Who was it? Uh, Australian actor who works with... Um, Russell Crowe. No. No. Mel Gibson. No, no. Uh, oh, God. The Queen of Australia. No. <laughs> I don't know. Um, ah, no, Bo, stop. Go away. Bo. Stop licking me. Uh, Go away, Bo. Uh, Charlotte Copley. I always say his name wrong. Charlto Copley. Oh, I don't know him. He's not Australian. He's South African. I am terrible at accents. But then, in fairness to me, well, uh, he doesn't use an accent in that movie. Well, he uh, uses an American accent. An Australian accent, Matt, is... Uh, oh, no. Hello, mate. Oh, let's just Throw check another back. shrimp on the barbie. Oh, and then boy. a South African what accent is... is uh, diplomatic community. Was he South African? Who? That the, guy? The, yeah, the, they were all the South African... <laughs> South African villains all, because they're all, such racists. All jerks with their apartheid bullshit. Yeah, and they're they're hiding behind diplomacy and and killing poor Patsy Kensett. Look, as far as <laughs> spoiler, sorry. Oh, everyone, Andy is sorry for spoiling that for you, but uh, let's all let's just let's just hear from the uh, the greatest uh, South African. There he is. There he is. Very loud. I'll turn it down and post. That's on Letterman. Anyway, guys, back back to back to Reg Barkley. Yeah, Dave Matthews, of course, from Johannesburg, South Africa. Oh, hey, Reg. Hey, he did a voice in Middle Earth: Shadow of War. I've played that game. How's it going? He played the nemesis orcs. I did not note it. I still haven't traced down the problem, Commander. It's all right. There's no problem. I've, I've uh, been planning to run diagnostics on the graviton inverters circuits. Smart plan. I'd say we're in good hands here. Well, I'll see you get a preliminary report. Whenever. Before the end of the day. Fine. I like that he's weirded Fine. out by Jordy being nice. I like, oh, also, I like that also him being nice. Hey, Reg. Like, how about sitting in actually on the brings out some good in, in the morning. Reg. The, it's like, maybe everybody me? should be nice. Which like is what input. both Guinan and Picard are saying what to him. What on? I mean, do, 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 you, do you want me to prepare it's a... good uh, acting. No, just, just be there. 800 hours. That's I'll, early. I'll be That's early time, even sir. for me. Good. 
good. Carry on. Isn't that eight o'clock? Yeah, it's pretty early. Don't you wake up at five o'clock? Yeah, to go to the gym, but I wouldn't <laughs> want to be to work at eight. <laughs> Well, how do the shifts work? Well, how does time work on the Enterprise? Well, it's a 24-hour clock, you know, military time. and uh, So couldn't you theoretically start at 5 in the morning and it would make no difference? Or 4 in the morning? Or 3 in the morning? Well, I assume once you're, once you're on, like, that uh, night watch shift. Yeah. I know you've talked about the night watch before, and I don't understand how it works since something bad could show up. At any time, yeah. Yeah. But usually uh, bad stuff tends to happen during the day on the Enterprise. <laughs> That seems that seems accurate. Here's the other thing. He's late even for this briefing. After he was just talked Morning. to about it. Start your brains, gentlemen, and let's do it. Maybe we should watch uh, the pilot of the A team. Has anybody our, seen Lieutenant Barkley? Not as yet. As a bonus sir. content this week. I don't hate that idea. This <sighs> week? <laughs> Whatever. Whenever the next thing is. <laughs> okay. Okay. This trip to NAMI 4 is pretty routine, so we'll have plenty of time to realign the magnetic capacitors of both the matter and antimatter injectors. Duffy, Costa, that'll be your assignment. We probably ought to do the flow regulator maintenance at the same time, Commander. Why is everyone in engineering a lieutenant junior grade? Mm, Everyone has the same rank. That's a good idea. Does it seem low or high to you? Uh, I feel like there'd be at least one lieutenant around. I don't know. I guess they just leave Jordy to have his own little little playground. So I'll be assigning him to assist you, Mr. Myers. Be sure and teach him the difference between impulse and warp drive, please. (laughs) Lieutenant Barkley has been working on the mystery of the anti-grav failure we had yesterday. Your preliminary report had a couple of interesting theories, Reg. Why don't you bring us all up to speed on your findings so far? I love... I love how uncomfortable he plays it, it, it wasn't a maintenance problem and FYI Every, everything based on out. his A-team character his Mad Dog I'm, character I'm yeah. to look for a surge very subtle voice. performance of someone with social anxiety yeah. dissipation. I, 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 I realize that but we shouldn't ignore the possibilities Wes you gotta check the flow capacitor breakdown of that could have caused a chain collapse of the anti-grav field I Wes is big footing him just like everybody else is Okay, then, let's uh, take a look at that realignment procedure. Gentlemen. So, I mean, look, how are you going to function in a world where uh, you got Wes being a little West to you? Mm-hmm. I knew you would. Then he goes back, and you can hear it. Okay, well, what I, the other thing uh, I like is you can hear the I knew about the, flux. the, con- the confidence change in the voice of Red, of. of Charles of Charles Schultz of Dwight Schultz. Yes, uh, when he's in the holodeck, you can always tell when he's in the holodeck just by how Reg talks. That's true. Although I think in his tone, I think it's it's a convincing misdirection. No, but I like it in this scene that he is is still a little nervous, but is slightly more confident. So it's like, oh, wait a minute, are we in the holodeck? Are we not in the holodeck um, with Troy? Because theoretically, he would feel more comfortable with Troy because she's a nice person. But he's ironically least comfortable with Troy. Of course. Sir, but I didn't need to hear about it from some seventeen-year-old kid. You're letting this get you much too upset. You think so? Why are you so hard on yourself? You don't know. It's hard out there. I understand. 
But let go of it. You're here now. You're right. Of course. Of course. Ooh. Let me help you. And I think this, even before the internet, this is Barkley 15. This is not Barkley 9. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what 9 is. He does have a lot of Troy programs, though. Does it say what this one is? This one's 15? Oh, maybe this one's the previous one. Cast off your inhibitions and embrace love, truth, joy. Here are the shit-talking engineers. Pardon me. Why is Lieutenant Barclay being referred to clandestinely as a vegetable? It's a joke, Data. You know a nickname? Nicknames generally denote fondness. A diminutive shared between friends. Data's absolutely right. The nickname stops here and now. After I've been told five times. Look, this what the hell? Duffy is freaked out. Obviously, this turns into a larger problem. Listen to this music. The glass has a hole in it. By the way, I like a, a finger glass. Have you ever had one of those glasses? Like they've—they've. I've seen. I've had. I've seen glasses like that, that are molded that, like, to your fingers. Are molded to hands. I've never seen one. And uh, maybe they got but the idea Star from Trek, this. Star Trek would have us believe that they're not very well made. Um, I love that the the act break is my glass has a hole in it. I, I love what find the out. trailer made this look like it was going to be. Oh, what did it, the trailer what did it, we watched last week yeah, that had what no it Reg Barkley in it whatsoever? Oh, it was just like a full action show. Oh, it was amazing. It's crazy. Can't I wonder why. Why they did that? I don't know that a, that a, a member of the crew doesn't quite get along with everyone this is interesting an episode for someone casually watching syndicated television i really think this is a i don't know you know i don't even know where i'm gonna land with with the andy's rating oh my god but let me tell you this i think this is a really interesting episode and i did uh a little research because i was like did the idea of a social anxiety disorder even exist back then and I'll tell you something. Uh, it didn't really. Uh, did the, uh, it said social social phobia has lo- been largely ignored prior to 1985 after a call to action by psychiatrist Michael Leibowitz and Clint. This is from Wikipedia. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, and clinical psychologist Richard Heimberg. There was an increase in attention uh, and research on the disorder. Um, the DSM uh, four gave social phobia the alternative name social anxiety disorder. This was later. And then in the 1990s. Uh, paroxetine became the first prescription drug in the U.S. approved to treat social anxiety disorder with others following. Um, so I thought it was really advanced for them to be addressing this, and in a way that I think is much more on point than, and I don't, I don't know if it was exactly the same uh, theme, but uh, with the, uh, the the Betazoid a couple of episodes ago who couldn't handle being around anybody. Right. Um and uh, I don't know. I really, I was really impressed with that. As you should be. The end. 
or any unusual chemical compounds that would have caused this. The most probable explanation is that the glass came into contact with an unshielded power source. That means a complete diagnostic check of... I love the following information. Prize power systems. All 4,000 of them. That's in my brain. Why not ask me how many power systems the Enterprise has? Next. <laughs> Do I have the perfect man for the job? Hey, Reg! You busy? I, I was just... He, like, literally, it seems like he was just looking down the warp core. Just to I, see. I could jump down there. That's pretty could, far. That's the, way, that's the way I would check out. I wonder if, does that go all the way down? Oh, yeah. 30. How far down does it go? I mean, if it goes to the bottom, it'd be eight decks. When the Klingon fell, he fell from above to this level, yes, right? Yes, correct. So has anybody ever fallen all the way down? I guess not. Not that I recall seeing. Yeah. Certainly not in this episode. Okay. I mean, episode. <laughs> Series. I mean, it's obvious not that it's not. <laughs> no, not really. What? Also, what was he doing? <laughs> he was Honestly, just, I think he was just, just sort of like... standing, just like... You know how we'll occasionally get up and stare at the window at work? <laughs> sure. That's exactly what Matt, he's doing. Are you yeah. doing anything? Uh, no, actually. Uh, just looking. Are you working on alt, Matt? Joke alt? Well, I'm trying to get my bow. It's okay. It's just UPS. I think I should get it. Okay. We'll be right back. All right, Andy, we're back. This is the longest time it's ever taken us to record a single episode of the show. We're here. What feels like day three yeah. of Hollow Pursuits. We're like uh, Lawrence from Lawrence of Arabia. Making is, his way through the desert. Oh, and I see that I have literally no battery. You, does my charger work on your thing? No, no. I'm talking about on the Zoom. Oh, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I think they probably have batteries in the offices. Do you think there's a double A around here? I assume so. BRB, everyone. Okay, Andy, take five. Is it working? It is working. We should have enough battery to get us through here. Uh, I never thought Hollow Pursuits would cause so much trouble on this podcast. We've kind of become Barkley. We are having our own Hollow Pursuit of trying to finish this podcast. Yep. Uh, Speaking of Hollow Pursuits, what do you think of the Broccoli... Broccoli... Data trying to explain it, and then he has that that little moment of like, "This is uncomfortable. I'm going to go back to work," which seems very un. Excuse me. Android. This is after Picard says yeah, yeah. the thing. Great moment. Metathesis is one of the most common of pronunciation errors, sir. A reversal of vowel and consonant. Bark to Brock. It's usually it's just such a great, uh, one of the great silent comedic performances on the show, certainly. But doesn't I? I feel like that's the kind of thing that usually sticks under your craw because Data. because he's he's acting because Data's acting so in a human. conscious of yeah. the awkwardness of the situation way, yeah. and then is going, yeah, I better turn away from this situation. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I would say that you could factor that into. Uh, if we were to believe, unlike Andy's theory, that he is not just messing with everyone and he actually has full emotion and understands human uh, interactions entirely, uh, if we were to assume that he is an android, you could say, oh, he has picked up uh, facial expressions enough, uh, particularly in, in, in ongoing experience with the Picard, to, go, to know 
that is a look that means I should not pursue what I am saying right now. <laughs> so I should just turn yes. around and get back to work. Right. Uh, so I buy, I buy it. This is a great use of Guinan in this episode. So good. He comes in. He stands at the bar. He doesn't say much. He orders a warm milk. <laughs> Figures. Warm milk helps you sleep, LaForge. You should try it. What's this have to do with Barclay? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure the man out. Do you ever talk to him? He doesn't talk much. Does he have any friends? Not that I've seen. <sighs> what do you do with a guy like that? Well, I just serve him warm milk and let him be. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not so lucky. I can't let him be. He's my problem. Hmm. Well, he's... Imaginative. How do you know that? I know. Well, then maybe he's in the wrong line of work. So, what is going on there? What do you mean? Well, what is later sort of implied is that, at least when Jordy says he's imaginative, imaginative uh-huh. is that he's imaginative because of the things he's thought up on the holodeck. Yeah. But how does she know? She's a fucking bartender. Not only is she a bartender, but she's already a mystical beast that can fight Q. So I guess she knows. I guess that's what I'm saying is know. that's the kind of implication that I would love some more, some more fleshing out, but and also not you just implication. By that is just a bartender who sees someone and the way they're gazing knows that they're imagining things. I feel like, like daydreaming based on that performance and her say she because the extra couplet, a couplet being two extra two lines of dialogue, of him saying, "How do you know? I know." Like, that implies something else is going on beyond just, like, meh, my, my read on him is he's imaginative. But I read that as, I'm a bartender. I sit here and read emotion all day. That's what I do. Uh, That's what bartenders do. I feel like it felt like it carried more import than that, the way that they were presenting it. But uh, hey, I think it's like any good Sam Malone-type bartender. He can he can figure out what your what your trouble is. Also, are, imaginative a is an is a an odd thing to say about someone as a positive thing. I mean, it's not an odd thing if the person's an artist or but whatever. But I like it because it it goes into this next thing. Go of, ahead. Like engineers don't need to be imaginative. You uh, engineering types don't appreciate imagination. That's not it, Guinan. It he just doesn't fit in here. Turkum. What? Reminds me of Turkum, my mother's brother. Sort of the family misfit. Everybody told me to stay away from him. Bad influence. Did you? Are you kidding? He's the only member of my family who had a sense of humor. Except no one ever stayed around him long enough to realize it but me. So if you'd stick around with Barkley, you'll realize that maybe you both like to have weird times on holodecks. Nobody in the family liked him. I wonder what was wrong with him. Uh, he could have been just like Barkley. Or, you know, like like you and I. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's so many things not to like about us. Um, hmm. Let me see if there's any... How are they spelling Turkum? T-E-R-K-I-M. He's never mentioned again. It'll say uh, Uncle of Guinan. And it'll reference this episode. That's all it will say. Well, we'll see about that, Matt. 
Uh, it's not even listed. <laughs> T-E-R-K-I-N is how they pronounce it. M. Oh, M. What a spacey name. Turkum. He was an Elorian male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of his maternal uncle. He was considered to be the family misfit. A bad influence. Most of his acquaintances had long since stopped spending much time with him. Matt's right so far. <laughs> Turkum had a bond with his niece, Guinan, despite their family's opinion of him and the fact that they told her to stay away from him as well. She spent enough time with him to realize that he was the only one in her family other than herself who had a sense of humor. Her mother would say she reminded her of Turkum. Uh, Guinan later. No, yeah, it's exactly what he said. If I felt that nobody wanted to be around Matt me, was right. I'd probably be late and nervous too. Guinan, that's not. Oh, is that it, Andy? Is that why we're late and nervous? Because nobody. You, you feel like no one wants to be around you. Maybe, but that's not. That's not true, though. Oh. People want to be around. You seem so unhappy when I arrive. Computer. Because it meant we Where had to do work. <laughs> also, I'm usually late. In fairness. <laughs> Oh, but I do it because I'm uh, I'm just a free spirit. I can't be tied down. Andy's late, unless it's a party where you're supposed to be late. Then he's on time. <laughs> I'm often even late to those. <laughs> I'm even past well, the point works. of fashionably late. I'm past the point where the fun has continued to be be had. Is this this is Crusher's only appearance in the episode? Correct. Yeah, and Worf isn't in it, is he? Worf is Beverly. Good morning, my lord. He's in it. He's in it uh, on the bridge. Manners. When the ship's going to fall apart. Is he? Yeah. I don't remember him there. Mr. Barkley will spank you if you misbehave. Mr. Barkley will spank you. Wesley? So is this something that has already occurred in this hollow pr- oh, fantasy? Oh, interesting question. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. this is something we know he'll do. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? we got to watch I, that Black Mirror. It's I bet, so much like that. i got to write it. I when, uh, when he... I bet this after that meeting, yeah, where Wesley showed him up in front of everybody, uh-huh. he called up this program, went in there, and spanked this Wesley. <laughs> well, I guess I want Master Barkley. The boys got into another little scrap, I'm afraid, but boys will be boys. I'll make it easy for you, Commander. I will request a reassignment. And then I'll wait. Look, we both so the whole ship. Just a side note here. Yeah. Um, so, Jordy can just walk in. To that program, yeah. That's weird. You can just walk into somebody else's holodeck? Well, you can lock the deck. It's, you can set it up so they can't. It's, but, that's, well, you know, Barkley didn't. Well, that's well, that's weird in and of itself. Also, it he's the chief engineer. He can probably go wherever he wants to go. Right. That's completely messed up, in my opinion. Well, the holodeck is when you're supposed to be able to get away and have some privacy. That's a hollow suite. Who knows suite. what's going on? That's what you go to. Well, I think this is the other thing that I sort of uh, is is the thing to raise. People in this episode are freaking out that about what uh, Barclay's created in there. Yeah, I think it's a concept that probably came up very early on in the writers' room when they came up with the concept of holodecks of like. Can you just make holodeck versions of people? Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be weird? Yeah, it'd be kind of crazy. Oh, we should address that. At some you point. really think even for the for the time? Because like the idea of virtual reality and fake universes and all that stuff and 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 digital 
you know, renditions of people had existed, hadn't it? Yeah, but are you saying that people shouldn't be freaking out? No. Because they would assume that it always happens? Yes. Something happened. Well, it's just that the the engines cut out. Oh, okay, right? we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have to get out and restart this thing. Has Q just shot us into a <laughs> oh dear a void? Q, help us out here. Oh man, we are experiencing some engine malfunctions. Oh, this would be the moment in the episode where there would be an act break because something terrible would have happened. Will we figure? I'm just making it now like a Batman episode. <laughs> Will Matt and Andy figure out what's happened to the drive? Will the Joker stop joking? Nose. Stay tuned, star friends. I just can't cut it here. Hey, Barkley, I've spent a few hours on the holodeck, too, you know. Now, as far as I'm concerned... That's the other thing. He made out with the Enterprise. Essentially. You do in the holodeck is your own business. As long as it doesn't interfere with your work. It's not his business. You walked into... We're good. Engines are back, buddy. It's not his business. He walked into his uh, his holodeck simulation because he was supposed to be in f- on duty. Well, why didn't he just call him? He did. Did we see that? Yes. All right. Well, nonetheless, I still think it's a, it's really intrusive and weird. And later, all three of them walk in on him. I think if you're on duty and supposed to be somewhere, that's on you. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I can see that reasoning. I'm backing down on that point slightly. However, I still feel like it's super intrusive, and I still feel like it's weird that they're all completely freaking out. Like, Jordy created... Completely freaking out. Uh, I mean, they're not... I mean, it's just the first they time it's seem been like addressed they have in the show. Very it's the first time it's been opinions. addressed in the show. I know, but it seems such a strange position to be reacting to anything that people uh, would create in the holodeck. Um, I feel like this is relatively innocuous. I mean, I understand that he's creating them in a way that's demeaning to them. So, well, also, this is fairly new-ish technology to Star Trek world, right? Because that's what we, I'm trying to figure about out. The upgrade like, of the holodecks uh-huh. in the in the minuet episode, right? Right. And you talk about the upgrade to the holodecks in the in the hill, Dixon Hill, right? You know, so and then all uh, flipping out about how crazy everything is. Yeah. So I think maybe this is like the first time they're sort of seeing themselves holodeck form. You know what I mean? Out of, so what, maybe what it's do you a new reaction at the time, like uh, was, 1990, April 30th, yes. 1990. So was that time? What were people's? Where were we in terms of virtual reality at that point? Nowhere. No, I mean not in terms of the actual technology, but in terms of like in fiction and movies and TV. I assume we weren't that far if this was created. I mean, what Lawnmower Man was 91. Uh huh. So, you know, the idea of getting lost in VR was sort of out there. Are there any other ones? I don't know. Johnny Mnemonic. You're not going to tell about this. Yeah. I don't think everybody would really appreciate your imagination like I do. Tron, but Tron was not the same kind of thing. And then you get that callback right there when when she puts down the drink and smiles at him. What was it? I'm sorry. I was looking up Tron. What was it? What? <laughs> Tron is it? Tron is very different. Uh, it's it's some version of virtual reality. Yeah. Jeff Bridges sure, sure. goes in there. Um, but you no, know, yeah, it is very different. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. he said. Uh, Jordy says, "I don't think everyone else would appreciate your imagination like I do." Just as Guinan's putting down the drinks and smiles, and she smiles at Jordy, which I think is a nice callback to the conversation that they had just had. Yeah, but isn't he saying that in reference to the holodeck? 
he is, but Guinan's over there and just hearing him use her advice. But this is what I'm saying. That ties it thematically back to Guinan knowing or having a sense that he's up to some weird stuff in the holodeck. Oh, I don't think that that's what her sense is. But isn't he saying, uh, he's saying, well, shouldn't I tell people about what I'm doing or are you going to tell people? And he's and he's like, no, I don't think they'll appreciate your imagination, a.k.a. your imagination about the holodeck. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's going for the broader stroke of his imaginativeness. His imaginativeness. Possibly. Is this an eggs versus Riker's cooking again? Could be. Well, it was just... I needed to blow off some steam because one one uh, one of the officers had been getting on my back. Let me guess. <laughs> it was you. Oh, I was going to say Riker. I, what? I just couldn't tell you what I wanted to tell you. <laughs> well, I stormed so it out. Just sort of got out of control. I like that. I think Barkley is I don't know, there's utterly a, a part of this socially that's... competent in this episode, in this part. He's more, more well, forward. Well, I think because his secret is out to to only Jordy. Uh-huh. So I think he's more comfortable because Jordy now kind of is inside behind the curtain a little bit. Right, right. So now he's sort of un, un, kind of seems un- more in touch that. with his feelings than I would imagine he would have been well, based on all the He does go to anxiety. a lot of therapy in the holodeck. <laughs> is it, oh, does he doing was he doing the therapy before he recommended yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you ought to talk to Counselor Troy about it. it it's, it's, it, I'm, when I'm in there, I'm just more comfortable. You, you don't know what a struggle this has been for me, Commander. Well, I'd like to help if I can. Being afraid all of the time of forgetting somebody's name. Not, not knowing what to do with your hands. I mean, I, I am the guy who writes down things to remember to say when there's a party. And then when he finally gets there, he winds up alone in the corner, trying to look comfortable, examining a potted plant. That is so us. (laughs) We'd be arguing about the potted plant. Uh, I like the act break here when the... uh, I like Jordy's line. Uh I'm just glad I have nowhere to go. Rainy. Seems normal enough to me. Watch this. Disengage. Disengage. <laughs> Disengage. I like when it last appears. This It beams in with the smoke halfway glad up. Glad I don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> I like that. Glad I don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, that is a good line. It also is a classic Geordie line. Across the board. A little bit sarcastic. Advise Mr. Barkley to join us on the bridge immediately. Oh, can we make that 1,400 hours, sir? Working on something. 1,400 hours. Mr. O'Brien... No Is maintenance on the again? transporter until further notice. We I had him go to see Councillor Troy. Oh, right, right. I know this is difficult for you. Is there anything I can do to make you more comfortable? No. Oh. Have you ever been with a counselor before? Yes. No. Which one? Yes, but she... Uh, it, it, it wasn't... It, it wasn't really a counselor. 
Most people find a counselor intimidating at first. It's okay if you feel that way toward me. Troy has no powers. Not at all. Good. Now, lean back, close your eyes. Why? <laughs> good I want performance. To make you more comfortable. You do. From whom? Yes. Well, I mean, from Dwight Schultz, but also, I mean. I think Dwight Schultz is amazing in this episode. It's okay. Close your eyes. What are you going to (laughs) do? Take a slow, deep breath in through your nose. And let it out through your mouth just as slowly. The most useful Troy's ever been. That's better, isn't it? Much better. Oh yes. Oh yes, that's that's much better. That 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 is extremely helpful. Thank you for your time. But really, that's very helpful. So Troy, theoretically, would know everything he was feeling. He, he, she would feel he would feel she would feel the attraction she would well, feel I think she and I think it's been stated that when like one emotion is overriding all the other emotions that that is what she reads so, so I think all she's reading the anxiety, is this crazy anxiety right. that he's having right there all right. It's, then that's even more useless if that's if that's her actual power I uh, <laughs> think I require a jingle there very good <laughs> hang on one second there's a flow chart I don't know why you don't understand didn't make sense, but Mike fixed it. There you go. <laughs> there you go, buddy. I had a very strange visit from one of your officers today. Barkley? Yeah, I can imagine. Were you able to do anything for him? To be honest, I'm not sure what happened. Where's Mr. Barkley? I can't sense emotion. It's past 1,400 hours. Lieutenant Barkley, report to the bridge. Look, so the guy's a little late. Let's get off his back, guys. Computer, locate Lieutenant Barkley. Lieutenant Barkley is in holodeck, too. Getting it on. Also, did Riker just come out of the head? Did he just come out of the bathroom? (gasps) Ooh, did he? (laughs) Was Riker just Uh, up to his own extracurricular activity in there? I think think he did. I think that's the door for the... Because the... No, that's the ready room. He was in the captain's ready room. Was right, in the ready room by there. himself. Oh, oh! I guess he was waiting for the meeting. Also, he's right. probably feeding the fish. Uh-huh. Is that what he did? Is that That's his, his duty. Job? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I'll get him. No, I'll handle this. I've had it with him, counselor. You'd better come along. Does he talk to Livingston? Just say hello, hello, little Livingston. Only one of us is going to be his favorite, right, Livingston? <laughs> I think you should know. Barkley. Here, eat this. It might not taste good at first. Running some. <laughs> Livingston, tell me everything. What does he do when I'm not here? I don't care what he's been running. I just ran out of patience. Just not even a second thought. They're all marching in. I think they're all expecting either a jazz club or a noir. Wouldn't (laughs) Riker, of all people, know not to walk in on people on the holiday? Riker is so mad right now. Also, they spend the next ten minutes like looking for him, and they they could have just 
Hey, if the oh, computer end program, computer end program. What if yes. he's what if he's on something like very high, and then they just remove the tree and kill him? The, I assume that the, there's a protocol that protects people from that. No, I think there is. I mean, you there is. There are safety the, protocols. Fall to the grid. I think if you if you say computer end program, and he's on that tree swing, he could break his coccyx. That could not be. What is he sitting on? Oh, it's the he's sitting on the the fake version of it. And he finally sees everybody. I do like Tiny Riker. Delighted. <laughs> we shall rush them. On guard. Stop it. Put that down. Your sword, sir. I don't have a sword. Cast now, really do you expect to fight with without this? your sword, sir? I don't expect to fight. Ha! Do I detect a streak of yellow along the good fellow's back? <laughs> Perhaps we should supply so a there, more appropriate they're adversary. They're all delighted. Absolutely. Number one. Brent Number Spiner one. is also enjoying the hell out of it. Am I late? Did I miss the fight? On guard! You, sir, you have a familiar bearing. Is it possible our swords have crossed somewhere before? Where is he? Where's Barkley? Aha, personal grudge i warn you it would be wise for you to put your affairs in final order before you See, meet was, him in combat his voice is pitched up you challenge the greatest sword he's in not all just the doing that himself no <laughs> that's a good freak at least question. i don't think so yeah that's, 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 a, that's a great you pointless are very tall. Freak's question. it might be threatening <laughs> to some people mr barkley will find out what it means to be threatened computer discontinue image of riker sir you have no sense of fair play. Just tell us where to find Barkley. They're really not gonna do it. No, they're not gonna. The goddess of empathy moment. What do you think of that? That's fine. Guard your like facades and reveal your true being. I like how much Riker's enjoying it. Yeah, because he's already done this. Yes. Belay that There's order. No- <laughs> There's no way Riker hasn't included Troy in some fantasy in the holodeck. I don't think he would need the holodeck version. I think anytime he decides it's you go think time. He, they, can, they can get down anytime they want. They're, they're oh, like... Bro, we're we're three episodes away from some get downs. Really? But you think it's that casual? I feel like... They're imzodied. Uh-huh. I don't know what Is that, that what exactly means. entails? Is they love like... life. Look, they... They're, 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 they have an unending love for each other. I'm very unclear and about how evolved. I think it works both ways. I think Deanne is like, Will, let's go. Oh, sure. Yeah, and she's a. It goes the other way. She's a liberated I think they woman both for sure. Love each other. But I, I'm unclear in the 24th century, based on how weird everybody acts with sex, how evolved everybody is it feels like that's an area i think you should go into that area and write your star trek sex show maybe i will okay how about that for the pitch star trek sex show not a good pitch (laughs) quite a healthy fantasy life wouldn't you say Mm. oh boy that's kind of what happened with our engines. Sir, Only our velocity increased to warp right. 7.25. There's good to fast. I don't know how you don't remember warp in this Confirmed. Episode. I apologize, warp. Velocity now warp 7. Maintain that. What the hell happened? 
The matter-antimatter injectors locked for a split second. I'm not certain why, sir. They appear to be working normally now. Picard LaForge. Go ahead, Captain. Commander, any explanation for this injector problem? Well, um, I'm not in engineering, sir. I'm in holodeck two. Another malfunction? Not exactly, but I'll return to engineering immediately, sir. Yes, I should say that you should, Commander. Your holodeck activities can wait until later. And Commander. <laughs> yes, sir. It would be wise to consult Lieutenant Barclay on this latest incident. I'd like to very much, Captain. LaForge out. We need to find Barclay now. Cast aside your masks and let me slip into your minds. Muzzle it. It's a good doubling. No straight line across the screen. No, the light is, is even matching a, on both sides. Is there even a crossover? Or yes, I, a little bit of her shoulder. That's very up. impressive for the time. Does she say muzzle it so the computer doesn't go? I'm sorry, what? Did you? Are you talking to me or are you talking to the thing? <laughs> I love this. Now they all walk out. <laughs> poor, poor Barclay. We have a lot to talk about, Mr. Barclay. Commander. Barkley and I had better get to engineering. Dismissed. <laughs> he is PO'd. I, I feel like they're all keep my eyes open. enormously unempathetic the for the 24th century. Then, then the transporter went down. Rich. You? I think he's. I think Barclay's an anomaly rather than the rule here. Well, they're that all was having so much difficulty dealing with him because they don't know what to do. That was a thing that I thought of. Thanks to all the medications of the future. <laughs> um. If Crusher was better, she'd prescribe something. It didn't make sense, but Mark fixed it. I don't know if that really counts. Um, I do, I do, I accept that that is the implication, that it's like they, um, they've never dealt with this, and that's why they're all acting weird. They're like, what? Why is this person acting neurotic or... Well, it's like, why is this... Why is this person with anxiety asking, in any way? Why is this person acting like a real person? I think <laughs> we're right. all fake. Right, right. That's but I, I guess that's what I would like, and I think you've said stuff like this in the past. I would like just a line that's like, oh, like in in uh, in Star Trek Two when it's when he says, "I would prescribe glasses, but uh, I'm allergic, allergic to retinox." Yeah. yeah. Um, I just like some line about why the other stuff that's chilled everybody else out in the future has not chilled him out. Oh, it, sure. But then the second part of it is, and this is really the more primary thing that bugs me, is according to Roddenberry, all Gene. these people, good old Gene, uh, the great cuckoo bird. Um, I don't think you can say that. Oh, I can't say that. Just your regular voice. Sorry. We'll have to get He's Maurice there. Bird. we go. He, he, he says everybody shouldn't have their own. They, they, they shouldn't have any emotions at all. Well, how are you, how are you supposed to do it to a, a, a proper TV show that way? It's actually something I agree with, Maurice. Proper procedural. <laughs> proper procedural, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, my point is um, it's 24th century according to Gene's perspective yeah they've all evolved past pettiness and and lower human emotion they're acting completely unempathetically so even if it's something that's new to them they can see this guy's in distress well i think the least character fitting moment in all of this in this entire episode is when troy says muzzle it to that thing and to the holodeck projection of herself and is so caught off guard by it i think she is 
elevated enough to know and be aware of all these psychoses. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That I don't think that she should be as bothered by it as she is, but they just play it for a comedic beat. Yeah. Got a chance to get some help from the real counselor, Troy, but instead you went back in there. I know. I didn't want to. I just couldn't help myself. You're going to be able to write the book on hall addiction. Look, I know how easy it is to get caught up in it. I fell in love in there once. Really? But I knew when it was time to turn love it off that. and say goodbye. It wasn't easy, but I did it. You know, people... I had a lot I of creepy moments before that, though. More real to me than anyone I meet out here. Except maybe you, Commander. I need you out here, Reg. Now more than ever. Huh? So he makes a face when he walks away. Is he just bullshitting him? Who makes the face? I feel like Jordy makes a little bit of a face when he after he says, "I need you now more than ever," and he and he and he pats him, and then he turns away. And I kind of feel like Levar Burton makes a face like, oh, like like he was just lying to him. But no, I, might. I think it's like a, I think that'll do it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, because I feel like that was a nice thing. Are responding to the diagnostic Jordy. commands. I think we should drop out of warp. The forge to bridge. Go ahead, Commander. Recommend we go to impulse power, Captain. Take us out of warp. Oh, Controls now. Are music, guys. It's the injectors. Override. Captain, it's I'm picking up uh, an intensity in the score. The mechanism is physically jammed. Captain, I, I believe this will go in the trailer. <laughs> Speed increasing, sir. It's warp 7.6, 7.65, warp 7.7. Can't shut it down, Captain. Antimatter flow is increasing. She's accelerating out of control. I mean, it is a kind of a scary thought of like just being on that ship and it just fucking just, just going pounding faster faster. all of the power it can out of the engines till it flies apart. I really like it. I do too. I like the problem. I, I wish the problem was slower to build. Do you know what I mean? I wish like this problem had started earlier in the episode. Yeah, and it was like a slow climb to warp. That's fair, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, pointless, but because then they would have had less time of being. I guess you wanted more, a little bit more momentum in the plot. Yeah, I mean, I like. No, I don't want to say that because I like what's happening in this episode, and but I like the, like out of this episode, I like that concept. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Fair. Kind of like it's like the Last Jedi. You know this the the slow speed chase. This in Star Wars. <laughs> terms for me <laughs> <laughs> the slow pe- oh the gosh oh jesus there's nothing i can do i don't have to get into it but that there's so many things that bother Save me about it the for new the president circle all right uh, it's interesting they sur- they center on picard for this he's like uh he's a totally superfluous in this story oh i love this 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 meeting of all these uh Engineering engineers, extras. this is your dream. Oh, engineering extras. Just a bunch of engineers talking about engineering protocols. No, I already tried that. The magnetic fields won't reset. Could the fuel inlet servos be caught in cycle? If they were, the swirl dampers would be frozen too, and they aren't. Nothing showed up in the diagnostic sweep at all. The the tests showed there were problems. I, I mean, there were no problems with the f- flow. The flow of the. There's nothing wrong with the computer control protocols or the power. Duffy's a real jerk. Got to gain his. Got to gain his confidence here. Watch this in the performance. Yeah. Okay. Determine the injectors are just physically jammed. Injectors freeze, anti-grav unit goes down, transporter malfunctions, and a twisted glass. What's the connection? Exceeding warp 9.4. Begin evacuation of secondary hull. What is the uh, max cruising velocity of the Enterprise? Is it 965? 
I don't know why I turned to you like <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really I almost I genuinely was like <laughs> when he turned to me and asked that question I almost looked behind me to see if anyone was behind me <laughs> what is the like, of the is there someone else in this room uh, what is happening what is Max uh, what is the max speed Andy look it up I'm okay. just curious right now sure um, because like it shouldn't start to sound like that although I guess if the flow regulators are going wonky you're just getting so much more flow of matter and antimatter in there that um 9.95 oh wait a minute that's the enterprise e why didn't they give me the enterprise d well i mean maybe you didn't type in d uh, 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 i did give me the d andy give me the d that's in the trailer for next week's episode <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i forgot to play uh uh, uh i don't even have his name in front of me there's some wonderful trailers from oh, past we should, episodes we should showcase those coming next up. week yes uh and uh they are just delightful spectacular either. um maximum warp let's yeah. see enterprise d well, enterprise d it. cruising velocity uh nine point uh could theoretically achieve warp 9.8 but the maximum warp speeds above 9.6 could be maintained for a few hours only yeah so it was around there, nine six, nine six five. So they're at nine point four right now, right? Which is really pushing her. Yeah. I love that they're trying to get everybody into the saucer section, and they're gonna. I don't know how they're gonna. I don't know how they're going to. Would that be sa- separate? So, yeah, Honest to God, like, data indicates like, oh, that's going to be dangerous because of this specific thing that's going on. But would that be safe to? I don't know 9. that you 4? should be separating saucers ever in warp. Yeah, because you're in the warp bubble, right? So the way that a warp drive works, Andy, is it creates uh-huh. a bubble, right? Okay, a bubble in space. Sure, and that's what propels you forward. Uh huh. Is the space wrapping around the bubble? So, like, if you separate the saucer section, right, the warp bubble, it's not going to be maintained by the star drive. The star drive is going to either have a warp core breach and explode. I just don't... If you, why if you, would the, if you drop out of the warp bubble... Why would the star drive have a breach? Because it's pushing the engines beyond... But that's a separate issue than... That's a separate issue than the... Uh, it flying apart? Yeah. I think... A, it will fly apart, and then B, it's going to explode. Oh, well, yeah, that's fair. But the but if the saucer section pops off, yeah, and it drops it stays, out of the it warp, stays in the bubble, right? And then if it if it leaves the warp bubble, I, I don't know. I feel like that stress of it leaving the warp bubble feels would like it tear would it apart anyway. Would it? What when it drops out of warp? What happens to the warp bubble? Bubble. bubble. Bubble, bubble. I think it just the the Bibbidi intensity, the intensity of how it's folding space around it is is is, uh-huh. is slowing. So the momentum wouldn't keep it kind of shooting forward at, at like, warp and nine, then, and then just slowly decelerating. Slowly decelerating. I don't know. Yeah. We don't have any theoretical warp drive experts on this show. Didn't we see what was it the episode where the saucer section they were going at high some high level and then it popped off and it kind of you know shifted my off brain in a different went, direction. When you said saucer section, what? I just I thought you I, I thought you said sauce section and I was thinking about a nice buffet where I get some nice carved meats and I, I go over go. to the sauce section. I could go for that. Did you and I? Oh boy, am I imagining this? Fogo de Chao, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. For one that lunch? was one of our early dates, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? That was pre-podcast, I think. Oh, it was way pre-podcast. It oh, was just wow. uh, 
You want lunch? Yeah. Forward to Chow's open. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. That was one of our first bonding moments. <laughs> Not technically bonding. Uh, um, but, ordered, uh, uh, you know, that might have been. Uh, that might have been post-bonding. You know what it was also? I think at that point my dumb way to try and diet was I was like, but I can only eat protein. Right, so we just went for the went most to meat chow, which is the most. And of course, I didn't. Eat, I eat a billion breaded products once I got there. Oh well, those delicious warm rolls. Yeah. you can't say no to those. Focaccia chow, and like that at thing like stays, it was like twelve o'clock. It was like twelve yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah. The heaviest meal known to yeah. man. Also, separation. Standing by to release docking clamps. Reroute system to primary hall power sources. The plasma flow to the nacelles is uneven due to injector lock. An emergency saucer separation could rupture the warp field. Twelve minutes to structural failure, sir. None of the systems involved interact directly with each other. I don't see gaining confidence. Gaining confidence. What if? What if? One of one of us is the connection. Us? How? (laughs) I don't know. Can we get another take of that? Unless that, you know what? All right, we'll just okay. Now, now I can I can do it again. Now, now, us? We're... How? <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's, let's do it one more time. Less like a surprise us. child. How? <laughs> okay, I got you. No, I hear you. I hear you. This is my chance. This is my chance. I'm gonna become the next O'Brien. Now, Andy, if they were in the valley uh, and they happened to pass by the Andy Secunda School of Acting, yeah. what specific workshop do you think they could attend to learn how to deliver that line? Did I play that? Any kind of school specific acting? Uh, <laughs> you did not. Audio? You did not. Do you want me to do that now? Please, or but I? I think there's a great workshop available for people who want to learn how to be uh, cash, <laughs> never again seen engineers. <laughs> this is. Uh, where is it? Uh, I might have to search for it. All right. Oh, here it is. Whoa. Found it. Um, this is from Mike Mann. And Josh Bald, and uh, Josh Bald who makes uh, uh, many. I think he makes our trailers. There you go. And uh, it says, uh, Andy, after fielding many queries about the nature of the Secunda School specific acting, taking upon ourselves to create a short infomercial, which can be heard here. <laughs> we look forward to many years of working together to improve acting in all forms. Um, sincerely, Mike Mann and Josh Bald, co-directors of marketing, Andrew Secunda School specific <laughs> acting. Here it is. Hello, my name is Biff Yeager, proud graduate of Andy Secunda School of Specific Acting. If you have a script in front of you in which you are presented with some sort of outrageous situation or unexpected stimuli that you must react to in a realistic manner, how the hell are you going to do it? Let's look at an example of how to respond to a dreaded energy source that has taken the form of your dead mother. Mom ghost, no! That kind of stuff you can learn from Andy Secunda. The more specific the situation, the more specific your reaction has to be. Let's take a look at an alien exasperation with Andy's patented mug maneuver. I'm the president. You're not the president, <laughs> sir. You merely have access to the president's circle. But I pay good money for it. I should be the president. Sir, you're <laughs> spilling that on me. 
Notice how the alien claiming to be the president punctuates his point by thrusting his mug of steaming hot liquid towards his antagonist. Are you curious to know more? Let's hear from another Secunda School alum. Hi guys, Gabriel Damon here. You might remember me from the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, The Bonding. I'm not just a graduate of the Secunda School, I'm also a guest professor of reacting to your dead mother returning as an alien ghost. <laughs> Do we have the clip of me back when I did that, or... Okay, let's just roll that again. <laughs> Mom ghost! No! Alright, yeah, that was wonderful. Thank you, uh, Gabriel. Uh, Andy Secunda, School of Specific Acting is for you if you... Uh, specifically needed, I guess. Also, you can draw. If you can draw this turtle and this <laughs> pirate, then send him in. Never hurts. For more information about the Andrew Secunda School of Specific Acting, call 1-816-TRICK-DNC. That's 1-816-TRICK-DNC. Graduation from the Secunda School does not guarantee obtainment of acting gigs specific or otherwise. Make all checks or PayPal's payable to Andrew. Ha-ha, Secunda. No CODs. Ha Secunda. Get everything in. That's amazing. That's, Good job, uh, guys. Guys, you're putting in... Next time. Oh, oh, oh there's, there's a star. <laughs> not, you're that is spoiling not, it for next I week. Know. Sorry, guys. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, an amazing amount of effort. So much effort. More so effort. beautiful. I would say more effort than we've ever put into this show. Without question. <laughs> uh, really, a lot of... Uh, well, did we, know, did we have we, a Ron... When we did those sketches, I would put a lot of sound effects. That's so. fair. Yeah. Yes, I, yes, I spent a long time on those. Um... When um, when we were talking about that episode with the mom ghost, yeah, did the, one of us do that voice, bonding. or we, was it? Were we just bitching about the lack, the kid's lack of expressiveness? And I said he should go to the Andy's going to school specific acting. Honestly, I have no me idea. neither. I remember in the episode of Treks in the City, I did on the same episode. I'm ha- I'm three quarters of the way through that, and I feel like I have not gotten much airtime on that show. Oh, you should get more. It's going to need some more airtime. And there is a it'll, It's so you, most certainly all be me. Did you get to Newsy Batman yet? I did get to Newsy Batman. I enjoyed that bit. Sure. I also enjoyed the Trexters. <laughs> the, t- <laughs> the villains. The Trexters was, were, it's very I long. I wish it was like, big. yeah. They were both delightful. And we yeah. work with all of them. And they got to the episode later than us. Well, yeah, the but they're, they're going to overtake us. No, in, no, I mean like... Oh. The actual episode. Oh no! Yeah, they're discussion. They make us look focused, which is amazing. Yeah, and right up my alley. <laughs> Systems that are affected. What if? What if we're transmitting something ourselves by by touching it or something? The computer would have picked up anything dangerous. But if it was something something that we couldn't scan. What if he said, I'm going to give you a good spanking if you don't shut up? Like, forgetting <laughs> forgetting where he oh, was. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Right, right, right. Uh, anyway, uh, here, just relax, Wesley. Have some pie. When you were realigning <laughs> oh, no. capacitors. It was your glass, Duffy. And both of you were present in the cargo bay when the anti-grav failed. Stupid so Duffy. The transporter malfunction, that's a connection, too. Danger. Approaching safety limits of engine containment field. Computer. List all physical substances that wouldn't normally be picked up by an internal scan. There are 15,525 known substances that cannot be detected All right, by go. standard scans. <laughs> Great. And how many of those can exist in an oxygen atmosphere? 532. And could alter molecular structure when it comes in contact with, with glass? Five. On screen at this station. This is really smart. I love this. Yes. I love the diagnostic. 
It's also interesting that Jordy says great to the computer. uh, The computer does a good job, and he says great to it. It's the definition of the old split half search. You just got to narrow the field, and you'll figure it out. 15 seconds. There wouldn't be enough time to spread it around the ship. Gone. Eliminate it. Silginium and leucovexatrum are highly toxic. Yeah, we'd all be dead by now. That leaves... Saltskidum and Invidium, neither of which has been used for decades. I bet it's Saltskidum. But could either one of them cause all these malfunctions? Most of the affected systems weren't even invented when those substances were in use. Who knows what could happen with a transporter or a magnetic capacitor? This is Wait really Duffy's day. Wasn't used in medical containment fields? Not for over a century. The Mikalax might still be using it. And one of those canisters was broken. Those dumb sons of bitches. That's the what Wesley wants to say right there. <laughs> Working theory, Captain. Stupid Nikolai. Some invidium from a broken canister in the cargo bay and have been spreading it around the ship. But Wesley's Working thinking is. Working theories are fine, Jordy, but we um, need a working solution in about five. No, the Mechalax didn't do this. I'm the one that created that invidium. Con- <laughs> 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 Gotta go. <laughs> Computer eject, eject, Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> Shorty travels through uh, pneumatic Jeffrey's tubes. <laughs> do, you think Jordy, do you think Jordy sleeps in a Jeffrey's tube? Oh, be you, closer to the ship. You know he does. <laughs> He's got a little sleeping bag. They find it. Duffy and O'Brien picked up the broken canister and became contaminated. If we can get it, the invidium down to minus two hundred degrees Celsius, it'll become inert. LaForge to bridge. Invidium has been confirmed. Recommend we flood the injector pathway conduit with gaseous cryonitrium. That water neutralizes. Question is, will the injectors come back online? Uh, I don't know, so let's not try it. Yeah. I mean, come on, Captain Picard. <laughs> You're right, Captain. Let's just they die. Considerable damage, Captain. I can't guarantee that we'll be able to regain control. We don't have much choice, do we? No, sir. Make it so. Can we blame this on Barkley somehow? Oh, <laughs> uh, it works. Stand down from red alert. Nice work, Jordy. Mr. Barkley and I thank you, sir. Acknowledged. The ship is still distaste in his voice. Yep. Acknowledged. Seriously contaminated with Invidium, sir. Recommend we set a course for Starbase 121 for a complete systems and bio decontamination. But, Jordy, Starbase 121 is further away than Starbase 120. I know, but I have some unfinished business with Starbase 121. <laughs> <laughs> In the last episode, it was one, two, three. They're really spending like they need more well, time going in the, this way. In the it star, seems like they're heading back towards Earth. <laughs> yeah, they need more time in the uh, in the starbase number Understood. alt room. Got out. Glad you were with us out here in the real world today, Mister Barkley. And then, by the way, <laughs> touches him in totally putting more of that shit all over two people who go I to was, every set. That's so true. <laughs> it's like, what is happening, you dum dums? You better lock yourselves in the holiday. Well, I'm going to go and wipe this all over engineering. (laughs) I like this moment. I just wanted to thank you all for your support. You'll always be welcome here, Rich. I know. That's why it's so difficult to leave. I would have liked a little more misdirection. Mm. It was a pleasure to serve with you, Mr. Barclay. Good luck, Reg. It's been fun. Like, had some moment where he, he says, I'm sorry, Captain. Computer. Would it be all right if I said something to the bridge? Something like that. Oh, yeah. End program. Yes, let's put that in. What if when he says end program, we disappeared, Matt? I always say that. Oh, you do? Have you said that to I me? I think I said it during... <laughs> Tracks in the city. Two days? No, I mean, like, two days... Well, two... 
three sessions ago when we were started <laughs> recording you already this episode? Said that? <laughs> it is possible. <laughs> shows you how much I remember any up, individual up. podcast. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Under Reginald Barclay. Accept program nine. <laughs> Andy, don't look it up. All you're going to see is... <laughs> you're going to see, see if anything is, is said. You're going to say, when when Reginald Barkley deleted all of the programs, he chose to keep this special one. What was the Barkley? It's more on the the uh, the uh, the boards. We don't know and are never told. I always felt a strong implication that this program with Troy. Oh, that's the same thing you were saying, right? Yes. It has to be a Troy one. Uh... So, ooh, ooh, Barclays Program 9 makes an appearance in uh, Voyager. The, uh, in Strange New World 7, written by Russ Crosley. Oh, it's a memory beta. It doesn't count. It, it doesn't I only count, want but it's canon. interesting. I only you want really don't canon. like to, I like to see what the novels and everything, what their exploration is. They do what we would do. We would have we'd be writing a, a seven part comic book based at Galorndon Core. <laughs> sure, like I mean, like that's exactly what we would do. Of course, they do it. It's just out of jealousy that Ye- they get to do that for a living, and I'm over here uh-huh. talking about it. I'm sure we could write B novels for Star Trek if that's really what you want to hey, pursue. C novels, C novels. Let me finish this explanation. Oh. Uh, a trader has acquired the program and attempts to sell it to Quark. Ooh, Hollisweet. It appears to be the program we saw on the TV show. The raven-haired human female stood... I wonder if this is going to be sexy. The raven-haired human female uh, stood before him with her arms thrown wide, her dusky curls trailing about her milky white shoulders, etc., etc., uh, artificial breeze that blew across them. It's describing uh, yeah, the... It says, I am the goddess of empathy. Yeah. But didn't he... I feel like that one was different, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyhow. <sighs> Okay, everybody. It's time for Andy to give this. A but rant. someone else, by the way, posts. Then there is no canonical information as what Program Nine contains. That was uh, non-canon. Yep. Anyway, that was me. I wrote that. That <laughs> was my doubt it. All right, Matt. You want to find out what the MVC is? Who the MVC? Who the MVC is? is? Unless it's a what this time. Maybe it is a what. Can it be a what? No. Unless it's data, then it's a what. Could be. Um, Trouble. I'm going to oh, put this boy. in a more easily found place. Maybe Wesley. Uh, Got to be Barkley, right? Sure is, my friend. Right. It's Broccoli. Broccoli. Whoops. Sorry, oh Mr. Broccoli. God. Whoops. We did it again. Oh, Mr. Broccoli. <laughs> the Andy. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. Now I gotta tell you, I really like this episode. How much I like, like how it? it digs into their their the 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 underbelly of the crew. The underbelly. Uh, I like how it sets up the main characters as a bunch of uh, status mongering douchebags that are sure. all act like they're above everybody else just because of the main characters. You know what? What about the rest of us? What about the two guys, the two uh, crewmen taking ter- care of the deuterium circuits? Circuits? Tank. Tank. We can't get it on the circuit. Look, I don't know anything. I'm no better than Barkley. Um, Barkley um, knows lots. Yeah. He just I had mean, to be let out of a shell, Andy. How did I get through Starfleet, guys? That's the question. Um, and uh, uh, I think uh, it's a... It's, it, it's like this is an example of an episode that there's not that much action until the end, but every scene 
moves forward dramatically. That's all I need. And uh, I feel like the, the is performance... Is that too much to ask? Is that, is that a crazy request? And I feel like the, uh, the, the, the performance by Dwight Schultz, just, just very nice and subtle and layered. Perfect. And you got these great uh, Patrick Stewart uh, moments. And I love that you, you kind of like, as the other crew is acting like dicks, I like that uh, it's another reinforcement that uh, Picard, a better captain than all the rest. He's the one who says, you know what? Yeah. Why don't we embrace this guy and fix the problem? Yeah, instead of kicking it to another ship. So uh, I'm going to give it a... After all that yapping, I think a 7.5. Oh, wow, Andy, you're lower than me. This is an 8. Oh, interesting. I love this episode. Wow. It's a very rewatchable episode. Now I feel embarrassed that I only gave it a a 7.5. Thanks for doing all the talk ups for me. All right. Andy, it's time to see next week the trailer for next week's episode, The Most Toys. Are you ready? Yes. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. What am I doing here? Commander Data is held hostage by powerful aliens. If I help you escape, will you take me with you? Will he break free and survive his capture? Or will he face death trying to escape? No life signs. Find out on the next exciting episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. We did it. You know what? I think you shame me. I think I'm going to change it to an eight. <gasps> Andy, you can't change it. You've it's already been placed in a, a spreadsheet somewhere. We change it to the the MVC constantly. I can leave it the same if you want me to. No, no, you should, you should put it put it where where does your heart? Well, it's because feel my little. instinct was like, is it an eight? That seems excessive. It is just a basic. What did you not like about it? Um, it it didn't like knock me on my ass. Sure. That would be a 10, knock you on your ass. Well, uh, no, I've given, uh, I don't remember where we put yesterday's Enterprise, if that was a 9 or a 9 point, I think it was a 9.5. I think we gave it a 10. Did we give it a 10? I think we did. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Whatever the case, I'm going to an 8. Brad Arrington, oh, Brad. adjust the stats. And then, and then add this new part of the show where we discuss Andy's rating and have him bump it up or down. <laughs> Andy's second look, we'll call it. <laughs> Secunda's uh, second look. All right, uh, guys, we'll see you next week for the most toys. Uh, as always, uh, uh, please uh, check us out on the face group. Join that face group. And if you find it in your hearts and want to support the show and want more audio for your ears, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Uh, I've been Matt. I've been Andy. And we are. Oh, God, I hope this transport is yeah, It works, yeah. I don't want yeah. to end up a steaming pile of, of wreckage. Disengage? Nope, I'm on fire. Oh, no.